With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just take a moment and let's just expand the universe a little bit, shall we? Spoken for Audio Productions presents Legends Library. I got a bad feeling about this. You will find that it is you who are mistaken about a great many things. You must unlearn what you have learned. You will find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. There's always a bit of truth in legends. And now, here are your hosts, Lisa Mountain and Kyle Rollins. Everybody. Welcome to Legends Library. I'm Lisa. And I'm Kyle. You're listening to the podcast dedicated to the Legends line of the Star Wars books and Expanded Universe. And today we're going to get a little bit into the romance because it's Valentine's. Uh, we're going to talk about The Courtship of Princess Leia uh, by Dave Wolverton. But first, you know, we're going to we're going to get into some news. Um, Kyle, if you if you want to start with some news that we got going on. Oh, yes. Uh, Lisa was inducted into the Jedi Praxium Jedi Conclave. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was I was fortunate enough to end up talking to Matt a couple months back. Actually, last year, I suppose now you can say. And Joe had referred him to me to try to get involved in, in what he was doing with these uh, with the Star Wars fan club that he has. And he's got quite a large following on what the Reddit yeah. The Reddit Discord for the Conclave. And after after getting involved with him on the board, it's just we needed we needed other people and, and Lisa was perfect for that. And she happily came on board. And now there is there is just that much more direction and focus in the group. She's been a wonderful asset as oh, far as you. moving things forward. Yes, very prof- one more professional mind. Uh the group is incredibly put together and focused on on accomplishing the one goal that I think that a lot of people have been waiting for for years since at least 2014 and that yeah. will be a a what Lisa what are we doing what are we uh, trying to make here oh, a Star Wars legends only convention woo 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm so excited 2023 guys i am so excited uh, there, i've already commissioned in... <laughs> yeah I may or may not have already commissioned outfits to be made. <laughs> so, just saying. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be pretty exciting. Like we've got some events planned, um, some certain panels, uh, you know, and we'll we'll see. But yeah, everyone come to Baltimore. We'll have a lot more details when things um, once we get the licensing. 
because um, we're we're still doing the the nonprofit and we're waiting for all that paperwork to come back at this point. But we we have been doing some recordings with our with the the channel, uh, sorry the the show's channel basically is known as Praxy Chat. So if you guys want to ch- check that out, so we've done three episodes so far. Um, the last one we actually did was Courtship of Princess Leia because I thought two birds one stone, why not? Uh, but the episode before we did everything about Mandalore. We had uh, Mandalore from YouTube, so Todd uh, or sorry Tad Larkin came onto the show so you guys you know check that out it's pretty exciting uh lots of good things to come we've got lots more news to come after you know but we're still saving some little fun things but uh kyle if you could update us kind of the progress with uh essie it's a little bit far off here i don't want to comment on too close too much because we're really close to finishing yeah but I can, I can say that there is, um, as far as the, the actual release dates and whatnot, I'm pretty much taken to a, not exact valve silence, but yeah. we're getting there as far as yeah. the editorial process is concerned. And Joe, Joe updates his website and the Discord. If anybody is trying to become part of that, I would highly recommend either finding me, me on Facebook, Joe, preferably Joe, talk to him and, and share him share your experiences with star wars and i'm sure he'll he'll give you the the access point into the discord yeah yeah but i can tell you that it's it's all the more reasons to be excited though there's mm-hmm. a I, I it's one of those moments that i i love the fact of being in life where i'm at you know part of this group because i want to tell you all this stuff that's about to happen with dathomir in relation to what we're going to be talking about it, it's uh and th- mm-hmm. Essie will give a, an origin. I will say that much. Um, okay. We're going to go deep into the ancient history of of Dathomir in the near future. I'll I'll say that much because I don't think Joe will be too mad at me. <laughs> okay. well, that's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, we'll have to come back to that for sure. Mm-hmm. We're gonna end up doing an addendment episode, which I think that we should start doing. Lisa, is just little touch-ups. We'll we'll be like, oh, by the way, yeah. there's an extra fifteen minutes that we totally cut from the podcast, but we think you'll find it cool. And, <laughs> and yeah, uh, excuse me, I wrote all these pages of notes. I may as well do them. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll just call them addendum because that sounds nice, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, very fancy. Um. Well, that's great. I'm I'm glad it's coming along. We're gonna get to see it soon. But yeah, guys, if you want to reach out to to Kyle or if you want to reach out to Joe and and get some access to the Discord, because um, Joe's been doing some interviews on the Discord too, which has been cool to to witness. Mm-hmm. Yes, Joe's usually pretty present. Um, there's there's frequent updates, monthlies. Yeah. So a little bit of other news for today. Um, there was kind of. <laughs> An announcement from Star Wars, and this kind of ties into actually our, our our book this month, which is kind of funny. So Star Wars today officially released that there's going to be a book on when Han and Leia get married. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me your thoughts, Kyle. <laughs> I think you said it best earlier when just when telling me this news that, uh, you know, Wolverton's body is not even cold yet. <laughs> And that's that's my... been a month. Like, come on. Yeah, we discussed how awful these PR folk at at Disney must be at their job for not being sensitive to that information. I don't even think that they did a. Uh, did they even do a, 
an obituary for him. Uh, I'd have to check the website. Um, I don't. I don't believe they did. I doubt it. I mean, he only did really one book for them in reality, and then a couple little short stories. Yeah, but Alan Dean Foster only did a couple too. You know, that's just. Well, hang on, you know, Alan's still alive. Like. <laughs> yeah, but as far as like you know, one shotters and whatnot. Um, yeah. This one happened to move things along a great deal. Uh, I I know that there's other there's other you know one shot guys you know Sean Sean Stewart oh. and stuff like that. There's plenty of them, but you know it's, um, it's very likely what they've done is because they knew this book was coming out that they didn't do anything. You gotta wonder, and it it kind of puts you in a strange spot in the fandom when you actually consider it's like is that actually a a sound theory because. Other I, things I have happened in the past. No, but I mean, that's what I mean. It sucks that we're actually here thinking maybe that is right, Lisa. Maybe they did kind of just kind of glaze over it because they're like, oh, twiddle, thumbs twiddling. Like, oh, yeah. that's the book we're putting out. We were actually just replacing that guy. Exactly. Um, well, yeah, you're right to like bring up with Alan Dean, too. I mean, they were ready to screw him over at, at certain points. So. Mm-hmm. And, and just a random one off. Um, I thought that it was funny that the fandom kind of reached out a little bit uh because chuck wendig did you hear about chuck wendig no tell me he made the comment that he didn't get credit for whatever his neutral or not neutral uh boring rather i'm sorry uh character that he made that 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 was in the boba series recently he made a a crack that it would have been nice if somebody would have given the creator credit and i just i couldn't help I, I I literally started laughing. I'm with my friend who's not into Star Wars at all. I was just yeah. reading my feed. You know, we were talking. I was smoking a cigarette with him. And I just burst out laughing. <laughs> I, I I can't tell you how long. I wish I could tell you it was just 10 seconds, but it was probably three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was embarrassing. But the yeah. fact that, that one of the authors of the Modern Times for this... this uh, this <laughs> you know yeah. actually complaining that that his eu is not recognized just i i could have puked in the ironing you know? yeah i get that exactly but yeah like you're so right like with this book that we're going to get into the courtship princess leia like it created two female matriarchal societies that are still present today um mm-hmm. one obviously more important in in canon than than the other but well, yeah, well, I think it's a, a good time to maybe get into our into our book review. So we'll we'll head right on over there after these messages. Review, review. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep that in. <laughs> hey, everyone, we're back. So we're going to get into our book review now. So. The Courtship of Princess Leia, so written by Dave Wolverton and released in 1994. The story essentially it starts in ABY, my apologies. Um, just to like talk about some like notable events that uh, happened in that same year. So we had the Back to War began and end. Uh, we get the books that of X-Wing Iron Fists and, and X-Wing Solo Command. And guys, of course, we're going to finish the X-Wing series, I swear. <laughs> we're getting to it. Um, they can tell that we're not trying to go finish that book. They know. I Look, they're like, they're like, it's been all this time. And they're, they're okay, I love Dave Wolverton, but where's the rest of X-Wing? 
I know. I'm so bad. I'm so sorry. Like it was a year ago that I swear. <laughs> I think it was exactly a year ago now. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, actually, right, just about. Go on. Terrible. Uh, so other things that happen in Eight ABY. So we also get the book Tatooine Ghost, uh, which happens after this story, of course, by Troy Denning, and then Thrawn starts his return from the unknown regions. Exactly. So getting actually into the story itself. So we kind of start off with, uh, you know, returning to Coruscant, Han on board of a mall calamari ship, the Mon Ramada. And when it comes out of hyperspace, he's like suddenly shocked to see that there's like all these like amazingly beautiful, crazy big ships surrounding Coruscant. And he's like, oh, no, we're being attacked by Hapens. (laughs) <laughs> and of course, they're they're not. They're friendlies, and you know I don't know why he had to assume they're getting attacked, uh, but they're not. So let's, Kyle, if you want to talk a little bit about Hapes, uh, Hapen culture, or like what your immediate thoughts are of about Hapen culture in general or in context of the novel. In, Just in general, of the novel. Uh, well, I mean, I can imagine Han feeling pretty out of place. I mean. You know, being being as uh, his roguish, just kind of I don't give a damn kind of attitude. Yeah. When when you meet a culture of subservient men and and matriarchal matriarchal ladies, um, <laughs> women. And, thank you. <laughs> okay, okay. I my mom beat me right, so I still say ladies, but women as well. Um. And <laughs> I guess you can't say ladies anymore. Maybe that's not PC. I don't know. I'm old. <laughs> um, so, but I can imagine like his his initial thoughts on on meeting these folk. Uh, I can imagine where he was at. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably feeling very out of character. Yeah. So like Han's been away basically the last five months, and he's been t- chasing the Imperial warlord. So I've been saying Zinji um, only because I've been exaggerating the J. It just makes sense to me when I look at the entomology of the word. So I apologize if you guys say zinge, but I like zingy. I don't know. It's been a uh, common, common debate over many years. I think it was cleared up in an audio book, but people still say it one way or the other. Okay. Well, this was my instinct. So <laughs> <laughs> fair so, enough. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what happens when he, he basically, he goes down onto the world being like, well, that was kind of a close call. Nothing really happened. And receives a call from Ambassador Leia. And, you know, they're like, oh, I miss you. I miss you, too. And everything like that. And she invites him to go to the Grand Reception Hall. And at the Grand Reception Hall, you know, it's like this glorious entourage of all the hape and, um, you know, women and then whatever male guards, whatever they use them for. And they're, <laughs> they start to give them all kinds them, of things. All kinds of things. Them, and... Yeah. Sorry. Like, we don't have to imply everything, but it's obvious. <laughs> um, but, like, they start giving Leia, like, presenting her all these gifts. So, like, one for each world of the Hapen system. So, like, 63 gifts for the 63 worlds. So, the first one's, like, the Rainbow Gems from Galanor, um, the Wisdom Tree from Salab, and the Gun of Command from Cheruba. The the Rainbow Gems, like, I know they're actually not gems. They're actually, like, a life form that just kind of glows for a thousand years. And then the, the Gun of Command will kind of play a, an important role in the story, albeit briefly. 
And it takes like a good hour for like all the Hapens to present all the stuff to Leia. And Leia's just sitting there like, uh, thanks for all your gifts. <laughs> but like the the real point of like why the Hapen culture was here suddenly, sorry, not culture, the Hapen battle fleet and fleet in general was that they were there to give themselves uh, back to the New Republic, essentially, in quotations, as I say that. Um, so they've been isolated from the Republic for the last 3,000 years. They've been off to themselves, not wanting to deal with anything, obviously not part of any, the rebels of their empire and things like that. Um, do you know, Kyle, how they were able to survive so long against the empire? Was it because they were such a strong society? Or was just it, nothing was ever written to it, essentially? I'm sorry, for the death, Miri? For the hate. Oh, uh, uh, for the Hapens? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was literally just reading a note. and, and <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Hapes was self-sufficient. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, it, the Empire never tried to invade them or anything like that, from our knowledge. I believe it was their location because they had the transitory mists. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that it was, because, like, you know, I'm not the, the cartographer of the group of my Star Wars folk, you know. Yeah. But uh, I know that because of their position, the Hapes Consortium was always able to stand alone. Uh, they're, they're kind of, again, I think I think it's more than 63, too. I'm pretty sure it's like 150-something uh, as far as worlds of, of Hapes. Okay. Well, I'm pretty this sure. They say 63, so. <laughs> yeah, I, but I think it's all separated and whatnot as far as... Uh, their, their dynasties within it yeah yeah uh, i don't mean to, to misspeak on that but yeah and they they were able to to privatize so much of it too there this is a separate empire it's almost like um you know the regions of wild space and whatnot how all that's yeah. divided out and they were able the empire sure like you know of course it was conquering and conquering and conquering but they were still just they're still just people right and yeah. and they only got so much of the uh the galaxy like it's always it's always a misconception that the empire took over everything because yeah. they they didn't they they had like a great deal of the tingle arm you know all kinds of like geographical swaths but the hapes consortium was you know, again, they were self-sufficient. They weren't about to, it, it, it's it, civilization is so far away from the core and everything that it's like, you know, like, come at me, bro. Like, OK, yeah. we're not all your buddies just floating around next door. Huh? Like we have our own <laughs> our own Navy. Like they are very well established militarily. Well, and then you're in reality, generations of wealth and, and money too. like they were wealthy. So that's yeah. that's part of it, too, is like, you know, th and I think that was the whole design that that Wolverton was going for is just like. You know, it's almost like a in in no shape or form. I'm just using a general comparison, but like the elven, you know, world yeah. of Lord of the Rings, like how they're just kind of stand apart. And I think that's the the, the easiest way to generalize like the Hapes consor consortium because I hear a lot of questions about them. Yeah, and it's like, well, if you can kind of imagine that it's just it's just, uh, you know, how do you how do you describe royal pirates, right? Yeah. So you're like, oh. <laughs> So I think what the reality is, is like because they're all female led, they're just so efficient and actually got the job done for once. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but present number 63, of course, is what kicks off this whole story. And it is the Chunda himself, Prince Isildur. 
And like the whole basic, like the grand reception hall, like erupts in like, what's going on? Like this, look at this handsome, ridiculously handsome man. Let's, let's be real. Um, now presenting himself to Leia saying like, let's get married. And poor Han, you know, he's witnessing this with like Mon Mothma, like, and you know, he was not happy about the situation in the first place, kind of thinking something was up. And then, you know, of course they want Leia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like Leia's very diplomatic in this situation where she's like, you need to kind of give me 30 days to decide. You know, she's a politician, she's a princess, she kind of knows how to handle it. And Isildur himself is he's he's very suave, kind, I find a lot of the times, and just always very nice with how he responds. And it's it's understanding, because first of all, she's never met him in his life. And you can't just expect someone to get well, I mean, some cultures do. They do. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, that is a huge thing to expect someone immediately that will will sign up. But of course, you know, he's pretty handsome. So she starts to get tempted. And that's the problem of the whole Mm -hmm. situation, like the love triangle that is going to form. Um, But she does invite him to go to dinner, which is like like all other Star Wars dinners, they tend to be like in a interesting event, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of drama, of course. But I love the scene where Han is aboard. So Han's aboard the Rebel Dream, which is Leia's flagship, with the Falcon. He's doing some work on it and things like that. And who happens to walk by? But like Prince Isildur, now that he's getting a tour of Leia's personal ship. By the the president Threkenhorm of the the sorry the president of the Alderanian Council, and Han Han and Isildur have this little moment of like oh yeah yeah I know Leia yeah, and, but uh, it's because we're lovers, and like Han flat out says that, and Threken is just like <laughs> oh my god please ignore this crazy man like we need to run away like, <laughs> <laughs> and like. To Isildur's credit, like, he's pretty kind in the reaction. He's just like, well, I understand, you know, like, she's a beautiful woman. Um, why wouldn't you be in love? And you're obviously going to fight for the woman you you care for. Um, and here I am. So what are you going to do? What, what was your thoughts about this? I think that he had to. I, there's It's so Han Solo to just, you know, that smirk, you can see it on his face. When, when is the moment you know his 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 whole face like the way to Harrison Ford's you know face just like drops yeah. like when he's dumbfounded it's just like I've, he had to put that in there <laughs> <laughs> exactly. and I like how it's all you know they could have been they could have chosen a lot of different words I feel that that's one of the most powerful statements in the book <laughs> yeah you know uh, yeah it kind of sets the tone for everything and um yeah, I think that his choice, because I, I always, I, I, maybe it's just personally me, but I always thought the word lover when you're referring to, it's always just so dated and so like almost naturally sarcastic. And then coming from Han Solo, it, it was kind of spot on. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like there's things that are very Han in this book, and then there's other things that aren't quite Han um, that will happen, but. So I like when Isildur then offers Han. He's like, you know what? How about you fly away from here, very far away, if I give you one of my, uh, like, the Battle Dragons ships. Mm-hmm. So, and of course Han's like, yeah, no deal. Uh, see you later at dinner, basically. 
Um, poor Leia. Like, I don't know why she would. So when you involve yourself, guys, in a love triangle, uh, advice is don't put them in the same room together ever. Personal experience speaking. Um, but in Leia's stateroom, so when they're having the dinner, you know, everything's kind of like sort of okay. But then Han shows up late. Um, and I love this moment where like Threkum is like, oh, they've already met. And Leia's like, oh, tell me, how did you meet? What what happened? What did you guys talk about? And Han's like, yeah, maybe maybe let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Move along. <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. Move along. But we do get some interesting history of the Hapen culture at this point. So we, we learned that they were the world, like the whole system was settled by the Lorel pirates. And mm-hmm. they were these kind of like, I don't know, schemey, icky pirates who went around and stole beautiful women and made them their like prizes and mates. And right. whenever, oh, it's disgusting. Uh, How do you whenever, describe the Hapes? Like yeah. very rich pirates. Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and then any of the male offspring they would just kind of induct to be pirates and continue their like raiding and and stuff like that but then all the females left behind obviously were you know independent and living in society where there was virtually no men because they're all off pirating Uh, at one point the the jedi said enough is enough and then eliminated the the threat of the pirates and the men didn't come home so the women basically took over at that point in in society which led to their very strong ethics of like uh, how they can control men um, and things like that. So basically, they they treat men similarly to the other culture we're going to see in this book, which is kind of interesting that he puts again those two matriarchal societies and in, and created both of them. Um, mm-hmm. And that is the lack of Zabrak. <laughs> yeah, that's something to talk about later. So. Um, so he does finally reveal the reason why he wants to get married to leia and it's kind of lame he's just like well i saw you when you were in like you know when you were visiting and you were talking to my mother and you're the garden you just look so lovely and i just fell in love with you and that's why i want to get married it's like han's question to isidore was like why do you want to marry Leia? Like, there's so many other princesses in this galaxy of billions of worlds and people, well, maybe not worlds, but people. Like, why Leia? And that's that's what it is. He was just awestruck by, by Leia herself. Can't blame him. And I don't think he loses any of that. Um, he's, you know, we, we can't look at him like the bad guy, even though we're all like, come on, man. But like yeah. you know, move, trying to move in on on sci-fi's hottest couple here. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but he keeps that that sense of um, every man, that sense of just just trying to follow his heart. You know, he keeps yeah. that all through through Legacy of the Force too. Oh. And I'm sorry, like for for anyone who's read those that those novels, all I can see after revisiting this is like <laughs> what happened to him. <laughs> so. You know, once once you go to one end to the other of of the EU, you're like, oh, it's all one big, one yeah, big puzzle piece here, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. oh, it was so sweet back then. In your mind, it turns to back then, you know. Yeah, exactly. And he he just was, and it's it's so nice to see him, um, you know, debut. Even though, yeah, <laughs> he exactly. debuted debuted what twenty 
what, 26 years ago? Oh, God. I don't want to do that right now. I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> this book was, uh, this book was what year? 1994. All right. <laughs> so 28 years ago. Oh, jeez. Oh, we're old. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, we, we just realized we're old, guys. Uh, oh. We're in our 30s, both of us. We're, not oh. we're old, but we're not that old. Yeah. So at least the dinner kind of ends like sort of okay. And it wasn't like too awkward. Um, but they do both like kiss her goodbye. And, and then Han declares to Isildur, like, I'm going to fight for her. And, <laughs> and Isildur's like, I expect you to. Uh, may the best man win. <laughs> you know? Um, you, you can just see him at the table in these scenes, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, exactly. exactly. Like, go on. <laughs> so Leia, in result, you know, now she's in this position, like, and we finally get her her first perspective of this moment of, like, she's up all night thinking about things, and what she needs to do is call her brother. So she calls Luke uh, over Hollow, and, and he's been in the, the Tula system. And he's been investigating, you know, some more leads into you know, finding more information uh, about the Jedi. Uh, he went to a ruined temple and it had been ravaged by previously, like, he believed most likely Vader, as there had been a confrontation with the Jedi who had been living there and the lightsaber was still, like, on the ground. Um, he, he does find, like, a, a little hollow kind of recording of Yoda um, about 400 years before or 300 to 400 years, and Yoda talks about how they were, you know, basically repelled uh, from by Dathomir and, you know, something, etc. about the Kuanthor. So Luke has this mm. mission of, like, of, like, what's Dathomir? So when Leia and him talk, he, he asks her, like, hey, have you heard of this world? And she's like, <laughs> so, you know, again, like, this is the first time we ever have Dathomir into, um, in Star Wars, so obviously we don't have any other literature at this point that you know the characters would know about this world. Yeah, and what a good name, by the way, Dathomir. I always thought that was metal as hell. It... And <laughs> yeah, just a pause for that, you know, the little things because we're we're I mean, we're so used to it. Dathomir is such a huge part of Star Wars, but it really was the debut. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why it's so cool that it happened to be like in the same book where Hapes was debuted. Mm-hmm. And, it, and we're, we're kind of... All right, before I digress, you go on. You go on. No, no, Lisa. You, you say what you want to say. Well, I mean, when we're reading this, especially if this isn't your first uh, go in the EU, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you happen to know what goes down at the end, you're like, okay, well, this is the beginning of all of this, the true Star Wars dynasties that play out over decades. Yeah. Because by the end of it all, you have the the Hapen and Dathomiri, you know, bloodlines involved with the Skywalkers, involved with the Fells, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it just, it goes on and on. And it's like, you know, so you get, you get all the major quad- quadrants of what's left of the galaxy by that point in time. Yeah. Um, and this is the beginning of it all. And that, I, I mean, that's like kind of the underscore, the underpin, if you would, of, of this novel is that it's actually the start of uh so much you know everybody everybody gives zan the credit for for starting things but it's just like really this is something we built off right here yeah exactly <clears throat> so continuing on with han and leia sorry leia and luke they do agree that they're going to meet up in about four days in the rosh system 
since Leia has a mission that she's going to be going to Rosh, basically what has been going on is the the Verpine and the Barabels have been having some little dramatic issues, and the Barabels have started eating them openly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice laugh there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like when oh, I saw Barabels mentioned, I was very much like, oh, "Are we going to get Saba in this book?" And I was like, really excited. Uh, <laughs> but then she wasn't here, so I was like, "Oh, no!" Nah, that's a complete NJO Wild Knights kind of yeah. setup. You know, thank you, Too Troy bad. Denning. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, thank you, Troy. Uh, I love Saba; she's one of the best characters. We give you so much shit, Troy. We give you so many problems, Troy. <laughs> Sorry, I'll edit that later, but we love you. <laughs> so the next morning, uh, Han shows up to see Leia again. And like she says this line to him, which like it's just starting to kind of dawn on him. And now with the prospect of another man in her life, like that she's going to leave him. And like she says, like, you aren't going to give up, are you? Um, and she's like, you know, you're jealous. And he's like, I'm not jealous. And, she, and the, But he does call Isidore slime, which is really funny. And she's like, he's not slime. Like, how is he slime? You know, like, obviously, he's like, I don't know. I just got this vibe of look at him. Like, he just gives <laughs> off this impression of being slimy. Like, and and I hang out with slimy people, so I would know that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, and she's like, why don't you just take that battle dragon and leave? And he's not really happy about this fact that uh, you know like they're they're starting to fight but it's interrupted when Threken calls and there's a council and all this blast so Han storms out and nothing really happens with that like with their conversation but Han's like hey I have to get serious and I'm going to put the Falcon um, up for collateral and joins the Sabak tournament game um, which is pretty a fun casino game where they're playing a version of Force Sabak, which is like where there's no randomizer used. And, you know, he's he's playing against a Kolomai counselor, um, Omog the Drachmarian. She's she's this really wealthy warlord and a Godel ambassador. Uh, for a while, like, it's kind of tense where, like, Han isn't really doing well. <clears throat> but then suddenly, like, he, he actually starts, you know, Han's luck is Han's luck and it kicks in. And he goes, like, toe-to-toe against Omog, and it gets interesting, and, you know, she starts putting, like, more and more on the table, and he's up, he has, like, over 800 million credits, stocks, and deeds that he's been winning, and then she bets a planet, and that's what he wants at this time, is, like, he's trying to win a planet for Leia, and win a planet so that she can have a place to put the people from Alderaan, who have been displaced for all these years, because of the Death Star and things like that. So, you know, it's it's very romantic. The fact that he wins her a world and then gives it to her. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was super romantic. I don't know what you thought about it. No, it was. It was. You know, to, Dave took his time trying to put together something that would make sense. And it's just yeah. like, okay, well, we have... It's a Star Wars book, so we have to have a gambling game with Han Solo. And... <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be, you know, something with the Falcon, because, you know. <laughs> yeah, and as far as, you know, well, when when it's somebody like Leia, what yeah. what can you get her that that she couldn't just get? Yeah. <laughs> what can you give the Chosen One's daughter? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, what what can you do at this point? You're like, ah, oh, the Vader. Oh, 
Oh, oh there we go. I got to have to edit that. And then, you know, and then brother and then everything else. It's like, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'll have to get her a planet because that's, I mean, what else, what other kind of gesture? And I thought for fans, you know, especially because we didn't have much material at that point. I say yeah. we, but like, you know, I actually did read this book. Not terrible, not that many years after it came out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I probably read it like, what if it was 94? Like yeah. six years later, five years later. So uh, I think that it gave a lot of people hope and context and really made that EU uh, come to life for folk because, you know, it's just like, that's if that's all you have to go off of, it's like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 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 Han Solo. Yeah. You know, that's the news because when we got when we only got these kind of events as news, novels, articles and stuff, it's just like, whoa, I can imagine how people were feeling. Yeah. About such a thing. Well, I like, did a little like, you know, like I, I gave a little squeal being like, oh, that's so romantic. Um, right. Twenty eight yeah. years after the fact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, well, well, done, there's Dave. other stuff Han does in this book, which obviously I do not agree with. But that uh, was pretty darn romantic in my opinion anyways um so han immediately runs to layout with his prize of like he's got like this hollow sorry hollow cube um that he won from her uh, from omog runs straight to leia has his like it's in the beautiful elegant box and she's like oh you know kind of impressed for a moment and he's all like sweaty and gross because he's been up all night in a casino so i imagine he's had a lot of booze too and you know like whiskey sweats uh, and he's like okay i know i want it from a jock marion and she's like well where's this planet i've never heard of dathmir and then she's kind of like where did i hear this name you know it was only been like half a day you think she would remember that her brother asked her that uh, and she they put in the coordinates and they're like oh that's in the kelly sector the quelly sector that's warlord zinji's territory and Nice try, Han. You know, just a little like kiss on the cheek, cheek and pat on the butt, and sends him on the way. And Han's immediately like, "What? What just happens?" Like, I expected Leia to kind of like fall into my arms lovingly, and you know that I wonder a world, but it's just kind of like she treated me like a child, basically. Yeah, and there, there's those moments when you're like, Perhaps both characters were written slightly out of character for the sake of a story. Yeah. Because, you know, just a little bit. Just well, a little bit. Because, I, I don't know, the Leia that we know, I mean, you wouldn't think. But then again, we're only getting it from one perspective. So maybe she's just, like, in her mind, purposely, you know, tormenting him. <laughs> well, we're also seeing Leia not being in love with him anymore. And when you're not in love with someone and they're so desperately in love with you, like you don't want to give them the concessions of like, oh my God, I'm I mean you mean everything to me. You're you're trying to do things to being like, I'm sorry, but like we're we have to be friends. Like, hello, friend zone. Leia's trying to Han like friend zone Han basically. Um but he's not getting it. So yeah, yeah there's a interesting assassination attempt upon Leia. Um, so after she sends him home, she goes and hangs out with Isildur. So like it's getting super serial and they're discussing like the Barabal situation and you know, they're, they're heading off to like the Alderaan council meeting and are attacked and they're attacked by assassination droids and Hapen males, which obviously kind of puts in the perspective that it's most likely someone who's Hapen trying to kill 
either Leia or Isildur because we don't know who the target is. He assumes it's Leia because it is in reality. And, you know, Isildur kicks butt like in this situation. And he I I, I don't really recall exactly because it sounded really horrible, but he kind of gets this guy's face melted. And then the man is just kind of like the assassin is like, you know, please just shoot me. Please just shoot me. And then Isildur's like, tell me who sent you. And then, you know, the guy just takes a gun and shoots himself in the face. It's, it's obviously, uh, he can't stand not being handsome anymore. <laughs> and then, like, Leia has this moment with Isidore, and she and he's like, just come with me to Hapes. And she's like, yes, I'll come with you. And I don't know about you, but I kind of felt like it was a little bit like hero worship in that moment of, like, you know, when someone... When you go through something traumatic, like you, you glom onto that person you went through the experience with. So it's kind of like that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So the council meeting. <laughs> Kyle, do you want to kind of talk a little bit about the council meeting and what happens here with um, C-3PO's sudden announcement? It's all you, Lisa. Oh, okay. So when they're at the council meeting, you know, Threcken Horm, he's just kind of saying, oh, Leia's going to go visit Hapes, and we're going to plan the wedding, la 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 la, and she's like, hang on, like, I didn't agree, I'm just going to Hapes for dot 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 dot, and she can't, like, think of a reason of why she's going, and 3PO stands up, and he's like, I have to interject, you know, Princess Leia shouldn't be marrying Isidore, and then Threcken's like, who's this guy, like, and, you know, and everyone kind of has this cringe moment being like, oh no, you can't talk down to a droid because you're not going to get popular votes <laughs> for like, you know, like droids rights lobbyists. <laughs> I thought that was a little funny, you know. But then yeah. 3 was like, yeah, like Leia shouldn't be marrying Isidore. She should be marrying Han because he's king of Corellia. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like a field day for the circuit like the media they immediately focus on han or like click 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 you know like all the cameras everything and he's just kind of like slouching down in his like chair with like his his hand over his face like the typical han of like i'm i'm, I'm not here like <laughs> yeah he, he had to identify with that huh <laughs> yeah so and like han's embarrassed for reasons we don't quite know but you know, C-3PO elaborates that, uh, you know, he comes from a line from Berethron E. Solo, uh, who basically actually introduced democracy into the Corellian Empire. And then mm-hmm. through the next generations, like six generations past, we had Corell Solo. Um, and that was like into the Clone Wars. But during the Clone Wars period, the lineage kind of disappears and kind of gets convoluted and the, and the records are destroyed. But what is known is that Dala Solo, who's actually Han's father, is known as Dala the Black. And he is a kingpin in organized crime. And, you know, like the, cow- the crowd gasp, knowing that, first of all, he was a king. And then second of all, a son of uh, organized crime. So now he's like not really kind of royalty in their eyes. Ironic coming from pirates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, just saying. <laughs> exactly. And then, like, oh, yeah, it was pretty good. And C-3PO, the reason he's doing this is, like, Han had, like, gone to him separately at the, at this cantina, just saying, like, hey, you know, I don't, if you could just kind of keep an eye on what is happening between Leia and Isidore, and whenever Leia is really not thinking about me, just gently remind her to think about me. 
So this is three PO's not so gentle way of reminding Leia. <laughs> yeah. And like because it's live, you know, everyone across the galaxy is seeing this, so it's like very dramatic, like news. And Luke even saw that, which was pretty funny. So on his iPhone, you know. Yeah. On his iPhone. <laughs> His eye Jedi phone. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that was a great one. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm here all night. Yeah. So that one in there. <laughs> so when they're at the botanical garden, so like Isidore and Leia, so there's a lot of stuff happening between them now, and like they're discussing, you know, the prospect of her going to visit and things like that, and then suddenly they get a call from Threken Horm. And he's like, oh, by the way, Mom Mothma has decided that you don't need to go to the Rosh system anymore. Like, the the Barabels are going to respond better to, like, the leader in charge, which is Mom Mothma, so not Leia. So Leia's basically free to go to Hapes. And at that point, you know, he's like, I love you. And she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't say anything back, thankfully. But, you know, she doesn't say, like, ha, 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 that's crazy. We've only known each other for, like, half a day. No, you just get that Carrie Fisher stare. Yep, exactly. Which is mostly inside screaming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially we know that now, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. So she calls Han, and Han's flying around in the Falcon. He's doing some stuff. Uh, he's buzzing around, and she's like, "We need to talk," you know. And he's like, "Okay, well, I don't have time to get down to Coruscant by the time I have to leave off on this mission to go to the Rosh system because he was also supposed to do." stuff for that too so they agree to meet on the rebel dream and on board han admits that like he resigned his commission five minutes ago so he's no longer a general and he's going to move to dathomir and she's like what like why would you do that and he's like well it's very easily done because i told i first ordered the indomitable um, which is one of the ships to run a strike and fade against zinju's men or the outpost, to lure them away from Dathomir. So it's kind of like a clear run. I can get there, no problem. And Leia's like, that's such a huge abuse of command. Like, I cannot believe you do that. And like, and all these kind of things. And Han's like, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to do it. You don't have, like, you don't want me. So I'm not, it doesn't matter anymore. And she's like, well, but I don't want you to like burn bridges with me. And of course, like when she refuses, like to to join him, and, and she's like, "But I'll always be fond of you." And like that's the line of like, "We're breaking up. I'll always be fond of you." And he takes the gun of command, one of the the gifts from Hapen, uh, and points it at Leia. It's like, "Come with me to Dathmir." She's like, "You can't do this." And he's like, "I thought you loved rogues." And he uh, shoots her, but it's like a stun gun, guys. So, Kyle, yeah. I, I know we, we briefly talked about how there was a lot of, like, the reception of this kind of situation. So, I, I know people are saying, like, it's not really Han to do this. Um, as a woman, we definitely need to address the fact that Leia just got kidnapped by her, her partner. Um, right. So, what are it your... It was kind the of- 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing, of course. Um... I think that I think that if you put it into perspective, it's it's awful, it's evil, but this is this is what happens with people. Um, you know, maybe they don't necessarily go on a starship, but <laughs> I don't you know. think anyone has a starship yet. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, I mean, like, you know, we've all had those those friends, those family members sometimes, unfortunately, if it hits yeah. home like that. Sorry. Yeah. But you get tangled up in these these relationships that mean that much. And people do crazy things. And to, I think to, to because we know that this is like sci fi's powerful, powerful power couple. Yeah. There had to be some kind of madness involved. If we're going, the premise of the book alone, you know, Leia, the, the courtship of Princess Leia, and it's just like the fact that people are like, what? Why is there someone that's not even, you know, besides yeah. Han? Like, yeah, the word you know, courtship so, isn't really in play here. <laughs> right, right. So, so the idea is that if you're going to do this, and I, I can definitely try to imagine it at the point when people were were receiving this kind of book too for the first time, that if they're going to try to put some third party into the mix of this this relationship it had to it had to have legitimate passion and you know for us to believe that they're that they're like this strong they had to like come to this point that they even they turned into domestic violence like that's that's real stuff and and it conveys exactly how much han truly did love her of course but it's desperation you know yeah Desperation yeah. and brutish behavior. Um, it is. And it's also, I mean, I, I, I'm all about antiheroes and it's just like, look, you know, you know, we love Han and at the end of the day, even down to crucible, um, you know, we, we, we love that man, but yeah, he, he's not necessarily a good guy just because he's, on the good side you know what i mean he is of course but like just you said the line you know i thought you like rogues and yeah. and we have to remember that um you know even though we see we see somebody who's been his whose character has been developed um i don't think that that's necessarily that kind of outlandish when you look at the person we meet by a new hope yeah. um you know, well, and, and we have more context given everything now, of course, but like, you know what I'm trying to say, as far as the times and whatnot, and it's just, so maybe... Well, even to say exactly what you're saying with New Hope, Han wasn't the one who went back with the Falcon to save the day. It was Chewie that kind of like ratted him out, being like, hey, let's go back and save everyone. Like, you know? Yeah, all right, now Chewie, okay. <laughs> Chewie's arrested. So, yeah. Leia- yeah, Leia wakes up now and she discovers that she's been stuck in the smuggling compartments in the Falcon. So, like, you have to really think about, like, what he did. He knocked her out in her own room, took her body from the Rebel Dream onto the Falcon, even though the Falcon was aboard. But, like, managed to, like, get past all those people and, like, security and things like that. Um, but, like, it was quickly quickly established that he was the one that kidnapped her and then you know the new republic they the issue out like rewards uh tachum and isildur like they're definitely after leia uh for obvious reasons and and of course like the falcon where is it heading no one knows but it's heading to dathomir and when leia's banging on the compartments like Chewie opens it up and when they walk back into the room and leia's like i'm gonna kill him obviously rightly so <laughs> And and then Han's just like, oh, you did hear that something, like, to Chewie. And, like, doesn't even say, like, hey, Leia, sorry I locked you up. And, like, was just casually flying, drifting, you know, to the left. Uh, 
it just doesn't even like turn around to look at her and she's like you you kidnapped me like what's your deal basically um and then he kind of negotiates this deal like with her being like if you don't fall in love with me in seven days i'll bring you back and you'll like never see me again but if you do fall in love with me in seven days we're gonna get married um again very extreme reaction to getting someone to stay with you um don't listeners uh don't ever do that <laughs> yeah like it's it a will fictional never story. work it will <laughs> never work <laughs> so. yeah pretty sure it's gonna blow up in your face yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Think of what happened in this story. And that'll probably be similar. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like four days and four nights, basically, of like candlelit dinners. And Han's like, you know, he's doing some like work in there. Like he's cooking stuff. You know, he's making like spice Eric tongue and like he's making actual like pudding and like in Cora shells. And like it it seems nice. And Leia's just not having any of it. Like she's just like very gruntled. Like I'm annoyed. Um, and at the same time, um, he's just like, Hey, like, um, I don't know why you can't warm up to me a little bit. And she's like, well, you've, you've sullied your reputation. Like, you don't know what you've done. Like, you know, like, uh, Harvey Dent becoming Batman, you know, like you, you've ruined your (laughs) reputation and, and we can't go back from there. Like, you'll never be able to go back. Done. Yeah. Can you still hear me? Mm hmm. Go on. Yeah, but you, uh, yeah, you completely ruin the reputation. Yeah. So, well, when they finally arrive at Dathomir, lo and behold, it's not like the peaceful world that Han was envisioning with beaches and beauty, but it's the fact that it's a shipyard for Zinji's uh, fleet. Zinji. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like, oh, shoot. <laughs> so, yeah, there, and there's like thousands of ships, like little barges, those star destroyers. There's even like a super star destroyer. And Han's like, OK, we're, we're in a little bit of trouble. Like, let's try to get the, um, the charts up to the Otega star system. And immediately they're, they're noticed. And Han tries to like, you know, pr- pretend his way out of there, just saying like, we're inspectors, you know, the typical Han response. And they're like, we're not buying it. And they immediately start shooting on them. Um, and they get damaged enough that they are forced below. Luke and Isidore. So there's been a kind of like a little change with the story where Luke actually pairs up with Isidore. So Luke, at this part of the story, he's trying to track down what's happened to Han. And he will eventually pair up with Isidore. And when Luke goes to Han's apartment, he senses the fear and the dread and the horror and the desperation from Han's pillow itself. And he actually goes down through the streets of Coruscant following these feelings, which is really cool. I thought that was a really neat part in the story. And it tracks him down into into the casino. And he's actually able to find um, Omog, the Drachmarian, but she's being tortured by these these men who he doesn't know and they're like trying to take off her her helmet because they're she's a methane breather so obviously you know like you would die immediately and luke said you you need to stop that you know like what are you doing and they're like oh you know uh <clears throat> awkward cough kind of thing and they they call for backup 
and who shows up but Tachum, the the Hapen queen mother mm-hmm. herself. And Luke's like, what's going on? She's like, oh, I never gave these orders. Well, these men will be destroyed, basically. Like, fools. And Luke's like, yeah, I, I highly doubt you're going to do that, but sure. Introduce um, the devil yeah. herself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tachum, like, I, I like her character. Well, what I knew about her was, like, New Jedi Order related. Um, uh-huh. And obviously my first connection with Tenenil, uh was her getting murdered by a tattoo. So. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of sad. It's like, oh, poor Tenoka. Yeah. Yeah. She took out your mama dukes. Yeah. Like, yeah, your grandmother killed your own mother. That's great. Yeah. Spoilers, <laughs> guys. But obviously, you know. Yeah. Back to that, you know, yeah. even though it's it's this royal facade, everybody's got those weird eccentric oddity parts of their culture that we see on earth today yeah exactly so omog's like okay well i'll share you the information where han went and then luke's like okay don't say it out loud and just think in your mind and i'll get the information so she provides that information that it's dathomir but Tatum, she's like, well, I already know it's Dathomir because I've been doing my own investigation. So Lou's like, oh, 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 okay, yep. Uh, she invites him to dinner, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. It's like again one of those typical Star Wars scenes where like they gotta have their dinners and be kind of awkward, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like when Luke's like, hey, can you like take off your veil? Because she's obviously hitting on him the whole time, and then Isildur's like, oh, he's not really falling into it. But then when he says like, take off your veil and she reveals like how like her beauty behind this veil but it's mostly not to see like the the fact that she's really stunning it's the fact that he's trying to read her emotions and read the truth that's in her face and you know luke has a lot of suspicions of this woman rightly so because she's extremely dangerous yep like i i can't think of a more dangerous character um off the top of my head than her like she kills family, no problem. Yeah, as if it it you know laid yeah. of grass. Yeah. It, you know, and and I I love that we get her in this book and and her development. You mentioned her in the NJO. Yeah. And we didn't really see it coming yet. Exactly how important she's going to be, and mm-hmm. you know, because she's 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 in some of the most crucial points of the of the history in the future. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Go on. So, the moment when the falcon is like descending into Dathomir, that's actually when Luke and Isildur, when they teamed up, they see this happening. And Isildur's like, "Did we just get here in time to watch Leia die?" Which is, you know, pretty sad moment. They they hop out into their own ships, individual starfighters, and Luke is immediately having ship problems. And then something happens, and and Isildur's like, "He died. Luke just died in front of me." What am I going to do? So he decides, you know, he's watching Luke's X-Wing, I'm assuming it's an X-Wing, like go down into the into the planet. So he he does his own planet fall by pretending that he's been hit as well by Zinji's uh, forces and puts like the the aluminum foil blanket over him to kind of disguise the fact that, you know, the body he's dropping, etc. And they are able to safely sort of crash and Isidore is able to land. 
when they arrive onto the world, so they, they do encounter the blue desert people. What what is your thoughts on the other species um, that we get to see in the story? Like it's very brief that we only see them. Like I thought maybe for a moment we get a little bit more, like maybe something into the plot, but it was just kind of like a a convenient way for them to get across the desert. I I think that that was kind of the device, the literary device at the time. Yeah. There, there definitely is a Clone War episodes uh, where, I, and I talked about it on on Praxis Chat, and I didn't look it up, so I apologize. Um, where one of the commanders, who's kind of like this little, oh, I I just blanked on it again, like a little species, where they go into a desert world with a bunch of droids, and something similar happens where they have to rely upon animals and get to the next water source. So I thought maybe that was a tie-in from this scene. It definitely reminded me of that. I don't know how much you've watched the Clone Wars, probably not that much. I, I've seen it all the way through before in the past, but I'm kind of like, meh. But, um, but I guess the 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 significance of of the Blue Mountain people, you know, they're they're the Queen, right? Are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as as far as I've, yeah, as far as I know, and and once you get to that point. Yeah, that's there. I I believe I I don't want to give away too much. I'm trying to think before I talk. Yeah, uh, as far as the context. Yeah, as far as the context to SE too, because, um, I mean, you're familiar with the Qua. Well, if you want to elaborate a little bit for the listeners, I can't remember what's already been in in print for the listeners or not so i'm going to uh leave it at one of those moments of contemplation okay (laughs) when 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 we just look at this topic here and and then maybe in the next year after somebody reads it and and approaches this topic they'll be like oh my god i get it i get it i get it i get it i get the whole thing and i'll (laughs) leave it at that for people to ponder Okay. And get back to me. You can write me, Darn Katarn, on Twitter. <laughs> if you figure it all out. Maybe three years <laughs> from now, someone will write you. <laughs> yes, yeah. be like, remember that time when they paused and this guy tried to, like, mind F me from the past? It worked. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so, Han, Leia, and 3PO, and, and Chewie. So, this is one thing that didn't quite get figured out, basically, in the story is, why 3PO was aboard the Falcon when Leia was kidnapped. So does that mean Han also took 3PO? Highly unlikely. <laughs> so, so 3PO just followed Han onto the Falcon and was okay with being taken off? And I, Han I was wanted a crack. Um, you know? Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you know, Han willingly taking 3PO anywhere. But yeah. maybe, maybe oh, you're just like, no, true, pack- true. True, because he wanted 3PO to like help win Leia over, so he really was being a wingman here. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and you know, he was in bad straits if 3PO is your wingman, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, oh my god, he would just talk every woman's ear off and she would walk away so damn fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, they hide the falcon and you know they take a look around and discover a gigantic foot on the ground like a footprint and they're like oh ha 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 what's that monsters most likely and of course we're going to discover very soon that it's rancors um 
they do trek off into the woods trying to figure out, you know, they, they've had damage to the ship, so they, they can't go anywhere. Like, the sensory window's been cracked, they like, some other generators issues, et cetera, et cetera. So they're like, okay, we have to find parts if we're going to get off this world. Of course, Han's not really in a huge rush to get off the world because he wants, you know, Leia to uh, to clue in that she still loves him. Um, yep. Very quickly, though, they are tracked down on two occasions. So one, they're able to like flee like a, an Imperial walker that they're like, oh my goodness, let's get out of here. The second time, they are captured by four walkers and marched into the jungle. And after a couple hours of walking, you know, it, it seems like the walkers are like shining their lights from like side to side of the trail and kind of paranoid. And like Leia and Han are like, I wonder why they're so concerned. And like one thing to note was when they were crashing the Falcon, Leia felt immense fear. And it wasn't from the fact they were getting attacked by the Imperials. It's the fact that she felt the dark side on Dathomir. And, you know, mm-hmm. we get a lot of that from the characters we're going to soon meet. Mm-hmm. So the the walkers are very quickly attacked by these these women on rancors and like what a sight to see like you know like rancors not just like a, a naturally wild rancor this is a coordinated rancor who has its own weapons and has its own understanding and can communicate with its own riders and you know it's kind of like with the tuscans with um the banthas but yet way more cool mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're witches on rancors. Like, how could you not have an army of these and not kick butt throughout the galaxy? I don't know. Yeah, and and it was such a cool, you know, for, for again for what we got back then, it's like oh another, uh, you know, group of of force users, but you know, yeah. and <laughs> and like you said, they're witches on freaking rancors. It kind of up the <laughs> it up the ante as far as defining cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, some some hot babes riding, <laughs> riding my favorite part of Return of the Jedi uh, yeah. out there, and and uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Just saying. Well, they would just look <laughs> at you and hog tie you and throw them you over their shoulder. And <laughs> promises, <laughs> promises. That's to Snusu, absolutely. <laughs> oh, hey. They're actually going to do another series, I've heard, by the way. Oh, that's wonderful. You'll have to get back yeah. to me on that. Yeah. If anyone knows what we're talking about, we're talking about Futurama there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look up some memes, people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So back to Luke and Isildur and R2, of course. Uh, when they're doing their own little march into the, you know, past the desert that they've gone through, they come into like a peninsula. Like it's very swamp land. And it's like, brackish water so it's like a tar pit and suddenly what they discover it's a ship's wreckage and luke is immediately like oh this is what i've been looking for like it's not just any ship it's a jedi academy ship Hmm. which is amazing and we don't really get much context of why they're there unfortunately um which is too bad but yeah he does find the kuanthor which was from the recording where yoda was talking about it so at least Luke has a little bit of that mystery salt. And when he's trying to get into the ship, you know, he sees that somebody has been over the years trying to get in, but it's all perfectly sealed up. And immediately he gets attacked uh, mm-hmm. by a lone female 
And when he kind of gets his lightsaber knocked out of his hand and he pulls it back up, she stops and like, what? What just happened? Who are you? Like, what did you just do? And and the woman, she assumes that he's a male witch or what they call a Jai. You know, you obviously get a little bit of the entomology of Jedi coming into that. And and she's just like, well, you know, like she's in, in complete shock. And then immediate lust. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm I'm going to make you my husband. Uh, we're going to have great babies. Uh, thank you very much. You're coming with me. Um. <laughs> All those, those yeah. silly night sisters. Right? So, you know what? Luke had to be tempted a little bit with that face paint, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, hey, h- hang on. So this is Ten and Neil. Like, she doesn't have any, like, face paint or anything crazy. You know, she's just been, like, an average girl living in the desert by herself for the last few months. <laughs> they all wear face paint from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I had a pet ranker, I'm pretty sure I would be doing whatever I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gotta have, like, the equivalent of the, the under-eye football look, you know? Yeah, that black little mark under there. It had to be something on there. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's for for sun shading, but yeah, for sure. So she she does something kind of what is very Vader like in this moment, where she starts just pulling like all the objects and nearby that she could like I, fling at him. I I don't want to cut you off too. I'm so sorry, Lisa, but I just no, wanted go to, for it. I wanted to uh, to point out too that that this this um this ship, right um. They they did tie back to this. Oh, did they? In this book or something else? No, uh, no it um it was it was something else. Okay. But there there was um that the ship that that crash landed here. Yeah. Um it it's not the same ship. It's not the same. But they did name uh there was there was a second ship oh. that also. Yeah, that was uh it was headed by Master Jin Altus. Okay. Right. And he was so I think that it's a funny tie-in and a homage. Th- this came out years later, but Altus was the one who was with Callista during the Clone Wars. Ah, Callista Ming, that fox. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so I didn't want to go too far away from it because it's like, all right, we talked about the significance of the ship, but just wanted yeah. to kind of throw it on there that, you know interesting <laughs> that's cool no i i was wondering more about the history but i hadn't actually researched into it so i'm glad you brought that up mm-hmm. very interesting very well and of course it makes sense that there'd be two ships because obviously yoda got off dathomir correct you know, for a world that didn't have any ships or not too many cities as far as we know um and of course you know that's something we'll need to mention is that this book itself is kind of the premise is there's no way off Dathomir. Um, what we see later coming in from the Clone Wars TV series and the kind of, rec- you know, the retcon of what they've done with the witches is that in one of the short stories, they're able to get off the world because they do have ships. So, yeah. yeah. But this female, though, she's pretty cool. And we're, we get to know her a lot later in New Je- the New Jedi Order. So it's Tenennial Dejo. Um, spoilers, but future mother of Tenelka. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and she's, yeah, immediately she's like, I am daughter of Aaliyah, and we're going to find out who Aaliyah is exactly, and you are my slave. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah, and I think it's funny, like, to note that, you know, she was very much like the other guy's way more handsome, and she definitely fancied Isildur first. But then once Luke showed that he had powers, like, her focus was Luke, obviously. Yep. So the next morning, Han, Leia, and 3PO, so they marched into the village of the Singing Mountain Clan after the witches that had liberated them from the Imperial Walkers uh, took them there. And, you know, that... That scene where, like, the, the women liberated them from the walkers. It's like Chewie gets hurt. You know, he, like, kind of cracks his ribs and the rancor carries him the whole way. And Han's like, you know, don't worry, we're maybe friends kind of thing. And and Han doesn't know what's going to happen to them. And they take Leia off to, to go discuss things. And Han is left there to kind of, like, fish for this weird little um, woof a hide. It's like this worm that comes out of the ground and drinks, like, from the liquor. I don't know. It's It's pretty odd. But from what they're seeing, though, that the the villagers that are there that aren't all, you know, magic users, um, they speak ancient Patian, which is a a society that kind of like foundered and ended about like 3000 years back. Um, So we get a lot of I noticed in this book, 3000 years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 300. That seems to be a number that this author likes to pinpoint on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh (laughs) Yeah, SE will touch on that. Yeah. So the, the, you know, like, Han's waiting around just basically just seeing what his fate will be. And suddenly, like, this other group of, like, nine women show up in cloaks. And when this one witch was coming to get Han, these nine women start talking to Han, being like, hey, where's your ship? Tell us where your ship is. And the other witch is like, don't tell them anything. And he's like, well, why? Aren't you guys all together? And it's clearly they're not. Because this other group of nine women are night sisters. And they've come to claim the prisoners that have been stolen for them. And it turns out all the Imperials that are on world belong now to the night sisters and are under their control. And since there's no way off the world, these men are basically stuck being employed by the night sisters. Yeah. Not yeah. Zabrak. Yeah, not Zabrak. There's no Zabraks that appear in this story. Just <laughs> <Yes>, saying. <laughs> yeah. So when they go up into the fortress to to talk to Ogwin, who is the clan leader, and Leia's dressed as a witch, and Han's like, uh, okay, what just happened? I've only been go- like down here for an hour. And, you know, they say, like, I'm sorry, we're not going to hand over um, this man because he saved this night, uh, one of our witches. So he's won his freedom. And they're like, we don't believe you. Like, lies. Like, we don't know who that woman is. Like, and they're like, no, no, we assure you that Tandir, a.k.a. Leia, has been part of us for, like, a while. <laughs> so, right. yeah. So this and woman, Baritha... We, we, we see these tricks later, too. Go yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. So Baritha, the witch, like, the nice sisters, like, she's pissed. And she sends a message over something what's known as... um ascending so this is kind of a cool thing that we get to see from the witch's magic is they're able to just like talk like a text message or a voice recording and all like the other person would hear it and they could be like half a planet away and we'll still get the message mm-hmm. so she sends a message to Gethzerian, who is the leader of the night sisters over the wind that you know that han solo is here and that we will get blood and we'll come back for it. And and everyone's like, well, good thing uh, Gethsarian wants you alive, Han. Consider yourself lucky. And he's like, uh, okay. <laughs> I yeah. don't know how I'm lucky. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
so back to Tenenil, Joe, and Luke, Isildur, and R2. So when they're trekking back towards also the Singing Mountain Clan uh, village, Tenenil realizes that they're being hunted at this point by the Night Sisters. And they can sense her and they can sense Luke. So she's like, you know, <coughs> I don't know, like we're not a match for a bunch of Night Sisters because they're going to try to kill us. And Luke suggests, like, let's, like, free me and I won't run away. Like, and like, and he promises. And so what they do is they run off together and leave Isildur and R2 so that the Night Sisters track them. And when they fight them and, and are attacked finally by the Night Sisters in the storm, Luke beheads her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, the, I, and the, I love that Luke. Like, you know. He doesn't yeah. know. He, he's not always like that, but sometimes he's just like, nope, and just yeah. no quarter, no quarter. <laughs> La- Lady Rhea. Sometimes he just takes skulls. Yeah, Lady Rhea. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yep. There's no monologuing here, guys. He just straight up kills her. <laughs> yup. N- no apps given. <laughs> yeah. And like the purple flames like erupt from her body, and it's like the dark side power like being released into the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and unfortunately ten and neil like she was injured so he takes her to this cave conveniently located and it was like a sanctified cave you know from witches of the past so they were safe there and she she rests and she has these dreams and then you know like of like children all this kind of stuff and when she wakes up healed in a sort of a way um her scars are hot to touch because like luke's actually kind of healed her and she's shocked that like he could do this he can do his powers without actually using words. And that's kind of what's interesting with their culture and what's unique about them is they have to talk in order to to perform their magic. And Luke's like, no, what you're doing is you're using the force. You're just using words and you think you need those words, but you can still do your actions without them. So like that's kind of like an interesting thing for her where like she's gonna try to like learn how to do that, but you know, is not very successful. And we, we do get some cool history of the Night Sisters at this point. So we find out that they were they came from the old ones, you know, as as the legend goes, from from the stars. And they and this <laughs> this group of people had well, I'm sure you know a lot more than I can say right now, but <laughs> uh, but they had built forbidden weapons. So they were, you know, building like droids and things like that. So they basically were being punished for the gross crimes that they committed through the technology. And that's why they were dumped onto this world that had no technology and had no way of getting there and punished. And in result, the population was obviously like destroyed by the rancors and the fact that they live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so they had no weapons, no technology, and there's rancors everywhere. So yeah, they had a, a little bit of problem, of course. Until Aaliyah arrives. And Aaliyah is basically the kind of first descendant of the witches. And she's actually a cast out Jedi. And Kyle, I'd like to hear your opinion of what you think of, of what kind of the, like the, the failings of the Jedi in this situation. Because they took this woman, casted her out, but they casted her out knowingly onto a world that was used for prisoners. And it's like, well, you you basically set her up to breed with prisoners. Yeah. And look what happened in result. 
Like you got the knights, you got witches. And and that's just it. I mean, you know, I think it's it's good because there's always that constant um anti Jedi dogma that we we see and we yeah. see it a lot from from commoners. We see it a lot from people who aren't necessarily in the know. Yeah. It, whenever we're reading, it doesn't really matter what book it is. There there always seems to be something somewhere. Yeah. Um and and there you go. Those are the reasons yeah that that there there really has been some very effed up situations that yeah. the Jedi have signed off for and you know we we're always when when we're in the the prequel era we can see it you know uh, as far as like you know visually cinematically and all that we understand that a lot of things are they look one way and they actually are are not that way at all and there's decisions yeah. that are made that are very tough and and we like to think that that the Jedi all have like a good place that they're coming to from and and that they're right that's that's the thing right we want to think that they are but really though that just when you frame the situation differently like how you just said it that's the reality they caused <laughs> yeah exactly well and like their problem is like obviously they don't understand emotions correctly and so their judgment is clouded because they don't know what the outcome is going to be and they didn't expect her to breed with these like prison barbarians and then you know she in turn decided that all her her daughters would be the ones and like and i don't know even know why it was only her daughters that really had magic and like there maybe there were some male to have it but it, she encouraged the females to to be successful um and i do want to note that from what i've re- like tr- figured out uh this happened in 600 bby and that's the same year that jabba was born and i wanted to point that out (laughs) (laughs) so it's really not that long ago at all that that's that this happened and that through that this like these societies and clans of women who are so strong and so powerful that they're like we can't give these women ships because they're going to wreak havoc in the system so like you can kind of see why the jedi are like hey we can't you know we can't make children because we don't know what's going to happen with these children. And they all turn into witches. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with witches. I'm not. <laughs> not saying that at all. I'm just saying they just bred a very powerful force user and was okay with that. And they left them there. And, you know, obviously years later, Yoda had to have come back for whatever reason. And got their butt kicked. Hence why the ship was destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I do want to say there. I've talked about this before though. Um, so Leah the character. She's actually kind of hinted a little bit into other stories. So we we do learn a little bit about her in The Last Jedi. She's just like noted basically. Uh, by Michael Reed, which came out in 2013. And also she's referenced. Um, in Restraint, the short story by James Aseno. Uh Kyle, I don't know if you happen to have read that short story. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. So it's it's basically the events of when Maul, when he's 15 years old, and when he finally meets uh, Mother Towson, because she comes looking for him. So the story is, uh, he's been training at this one academy and it's kind of like an academy for like uh 
assassins and, and will like anyone going to that, but there's no force users there. So Maul isn't able to show his powers, but he's been kind of like showing oh, a little bit. Yeah, and, I, I do remember this. It's been yeah. a minute. Go on, go on. Yeah, and this Mandalorian Melch Krako gets like super jealous and realizes that this Zabrak is potentially, you know, from Dathomir. So he actually goes to Dathomir and meets up with uh, Mother Towson, and she confronts the mother of Maul, Kaisina, saying, like, who did you give this child to? Because we know you've done this. Like, you also gave away, like, you're the mother of Savage and Feral, and Kaisina also gave away Ventress, apparently. So yeah. it's this really Boring. interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right? But it's this interesting story of, like, what happens when uh, Maul meets up with Talzin, refusing to go with her because he's like, I have my own plans. Uh, I'm like the apprentice of like the most powerful person in this galaxy. So <laughs> like not happening. Uh, and then in result, he has to kill everyone at the Academy. And it's like over 500 people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All it's an <laughs> it's all of them every single one and you know and two there's three of them he's like oh they were actually my friends yeah yeah which is sad but that's that's what it is but there's this kind of interesting moment at the end where when maul had this cut on him from um one of these kind of uh one of these guys attacking them and she touches the blood and puts it on this talisman she's like i'll always be able to find you now which we do see in the Dark Farts comics, of course. But that being said, back to the story. Oh, I do also want to mention, so Aaliyah, this Jedi, if you look at the entomology of the name, they play it into Alana's name. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an honor of that, the start of the witches. Yep. But eight seasons previously, it turns out that the Stormtroopers arrived and built a prison on the world so the the prison basically is a political prison or like political prisoners are being stashed there um, by the empire so they've been there for a while and Gazarian, the the head of the night sisters was hired by the stormtroopers to help catch any runaway slaves prisoners and at first like everything was all good and happy and then suddenly like they realized she's more trouble than uh than worth and they stranded her on the world when she took over the prison and killed all the leaders and then the remaining troopers were forced to obey and over time that's when other females from the other clans start joining her gradually gradually um and what we do see when you turn to the dark side is essentially like your face becomes like bruised and purplish and disgusting which is kind of reminiscent of like the tattoo zabrax uh, or the tattoos that we see with the zabrax and of course with um mother Towson a little bit so, that being said, Han, Chewie, that evening are, you know, they're enjoying their dinner and it's kind of like one of, again, one of those dinner ce- celebrations and Ogwin, the, the leader of the singing clan, uh, singing mountain clan, asks Han, how can I get this hollow cube from you? Like the, the deed of this planet. Because he had said like, hey, I own this planet. And he had said that several times to like everyone. He said it to Zinji's men. He said it to the Night Sisters. He said it to the clans. Just being like, no, no, this is my world. I want it in a, in a game. You guys are just like temporary here until I can get you out of here. And so he, he admits the three wishes that he would get if he could 
trade the world over, which would be get off the world, first of all. As many gold and jewels as a, the biggest rancor could carry and lay us hand in marriage. Ogwin's like, yeah, no problem. Um, we're already bringing the falcon here. <laughs> you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. We've already had some rancors on it, like, a while ago. Um, and we'll get you the golden jewels, no problem. But Leia's not part of the deal. We can't force a woman to do something she doesn't want to do. It's like, finally someone gets it. <laughs> uh, and, like, Han's just like, no, I, I didn't really agree. But then he's like, all right, all right. Well, you, how about you guys hang on to this, like, hollow deed? And then when you earn it, the planet is yours. Like, I don't, I don't need the planet at this point. And Leia has this moment where she's like, you know, Han, like you do surprise me sometimes. And it's, it's your kindness that I always care for. And there's this kind of this moment where he's like, oh, you know, the air seems a little bit sweeter. And, you know, up until this point, he kept being like, oh God, I'm allergic to this world and like hay fever and all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get that great moment of like 3PO, presenting the song about uh, the virtues of King Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just playing and, the role of the bard. <laughs> right? Like, and it's like, fif- there's 15 courses. And Leia's like, don't you dare sing, like, another <laughs> another line in the song. But the main chorus is, Han Solo, what a man, Solo, he's every princess's dream. <laughs> oh like yeah cringe just a little bit smidgens but but, like it's a catchy tune apparently um later that night though when han is is dreaming and he's having like a very peaceful moment and he's kind of like beckoned by leia to come to the window He's like, all right, I'll go there. And it's not leia it's like a fake leia and it's like all these night sisters are like climbing the cliff onto the <laughs> fortress and like Leia then pushes the other witch that was trying to pull him out like out the window and she like falls below so that was uh you know the first attack of the nice sisters but they they want Han because he can fly the ship and that's pretty much it they don't want him as a husband skip snoo snoo just drive ship yeah exactly <laughs> when oh when when Luke shows up, I think that's a pretty interesting moment. Um, and she, like she, Luke shows up with Tenennial, and Tenennial kind of presents that, "Hey, I've got these two men, but I've decided to marry Isildur, and this <laughs> is my prize." And like for a while, like I thought it was totally going to be Luke that she was going to announce this, and then everyone's like, "No, sorry, it's it's this one," and Leia immediately is like, "No, I." I, I like I object to, to this. Like, she, he can't be like her slave husband. Like he, <laughs> he, he's mine. Like he's not quite mine, but he's going to be mine. Like you know. And they're like, well, Leia, you can't use the same argument like more than once about how a man saved you and therefore has won his freedom. And then she tries to use it again on Luke. <laughs> 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 so, but like Luke, Leia and Tenenia at the same time were like, he saved my life about Luke. Uh, so and then Ogwin's just like look there's three men here and basically none of them are eligible as husbands so like my hands are up in the air here like I don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's a nice way to sum it up yeah (laughs) so 
like I don't know. Let's just cut one in half, and you can both have it. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What half would you want more? Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry, that was the worst joke I've made yet. But don't. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about now that we have a moment of like Han and Luke together, and when Luke questions Han, just being like what's all this about Han? Like the fact that he kidnapped his sister. Mm-hmm. So what were you, yeah, what were your thoughts on this? Well, the fact that he knew these things too, it's just like, I, I read it as in, he, he was uh, like, Luke's not exactly threatening, but I felt that it was kind of threatening. You found it threatening? I, I found it just very like blown over because it was like a whole, like what's going on Han? And then Han does this whole speech of like, it's been a really bad week of like, I fought Zinji's men and then like Isildur showed up and Leia doesn't love me. And now I got blasted again. And like the whole planet is like full of witches. Like, and, and that was it. And Luke's like, okay, well, I've had a bad week too. <laughs> and they just move on with the conversation. And like, I, I just felt that like there should have been something more here. I think- I think the in-universe way to kind of like patch that up is probably just like, you know, he he stated his questions and then as Han was just going on, he was probably reading him. Yeah. You know, and then it's just like, all right, Han's just being Han and freaking crazy. All right. And then he kind of just moved it along. But there had to be some semblance of of, of Luke, uh, you know, talking to him as as his potential brother-in-law. Well, exactly. Like you just kidnapped my sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to get the shotgun. Between... Like, <laughs> yeah, I like to read between the lines and take it as a threat, even if it wasn't necessarily okay. a threat. <laughs> All right. Okay. You know, but it, there's a lot of criticism of of Luke during that time period of him kind of being like a little bit of a weenie. But but then yeah. I mean, then you know, he just beheaded a night sister about thirty <laughs> ten pages ago. So I mean, like. <laughs> It's give or take, like, okay, all right, super babe, super bad, yeah. ass, you know, and then just like, hey, okay, I'm going yeah, home. Exactly. <laughs> or I had a bad week too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been stressful. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the next kind of situation that they have to go through is that they need parts for the Falcon if they're going to get off this world. So the only place they're going to find it is at the prison that they're aware of. And, you know, they decide they're going to risk it. And, plunder the the prison like the good uh pirates that they descend from um the only problem is like they're like well we can't bring chewy we can't bring c-3po for whatever reason or r2 because they're going to recognize that the droids and wookie don't have any place here but we can get away with like getting into the prison but you know of course like the other thing is like they don't know the prison layout so ogwin the knights the sorry the, the leader of the clan says why don't you find Baruka? She's this former night sister and she left them and she's living in exile in this cavern. So like their next step is like, they're going to head over there. Um, I do like when Tenna Neal, she t- takes Isidore aside and she just have a little chat with him and she's kind of like, Hey, like I uh, saw what happened with you and that other female Leia. Well, yeah. She, you seem to like her, right? <laughs> 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 and the plot sickens. <laughs> yeah, like it's no longer a triangle anymore, guys. It's a little bit more. Um, 
but she's like, I can't give you my, I can't give you your freedom currently because if I do, every other witch in this place is going to hogtie you and take you as a husband. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you're my husband in name only, but basically like Ted and Neil kind of like bows out at this moment. So like, she, she's sensible enough that she doesn't try to like pursue this man that clearly doesn't want her. Yeah. Yeah. So they they do so have this. Think. Yeah, exactly. Um, they now meet with Grandmother Rel. So, what did you think about Grandmother Rel and her kind of prediction of Prince Isidore of what happens to him? She's like, "Oh, I thought Gazarian killed you when he walks into the room." Yeah, it's just a strange little fortune teller kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like yeah, Luke's like mini, mini Nostradamus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, you know, she kind of like loses her focus every once in a while. So come back another day. Like, don't worry about it too, too much. And <laughs> Isidore's like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, and Luke's like, nothing's written. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but she's so, probably really, really in touch, you know? <laughs> But she's like 300 years old, this lady, at this point. So yeah. yeah, but you know, you know, every every broken clock's right twice. So, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a very good metaphor. Yeah. So when this when, around noon, the the group heads out, and they they get to meet all their like rancor mounts. And one thing I did really like about this story is the fact that we actually get some more intimacy with animals in this story especially the rancors like i don't know how you felt watching um return of the jedi but at, like i remember the first time pretty much watching as a kid and being horrified what that happened to the rancor like that's not a scene any child needs to watch let alone i don't know like i don't know where i'm going with this rant but just i don't oh, like oh. seeing the amount of deaths of animals that star wars puts into it that consistently happens like they oh, make... I love that stuff. That's for the boys, then. Whatever you have to put it as in your mind. <laughs> are, you, are you for real? Like, what, when the Rancor rips apart the Gamorrean? She is an innocent creature that is trapped in a cage. <laughs> yeah, we figured that out years later, but back at the time, it's just like, look at this freaking... No, I always yes. knew she was trapped in a cage, and I was like, what? what, what is this? Like, this poor creature. Like, yeah, she's a carnivore. But that doesn't mean you got to lock her away. Oh, my gosh. The Raincore ripping open that Gamorrean was the coolest part of that movie. <laughs> really? No. The best part is, like, the Luke and Vader scene in the end, obviously. It was then in the first act. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one talks about Return of the Jedi being like, wow, that Gamorrean got slaughtered. Yeah, I mean, they, they had to, you know, they had to it throw in, like... arm, and you see its arm, and it's like, nom nom, you know? Like Yeah, that, like, there was the bronze statue of that made back in the day from... You could get it from Star Wars Insider. That's that was cool. I would buy that. <laughs> I'm going to look it up like, right now. <laughs> but then I would love her and be like, and I feel bad. Because like that's what happens in Tales of Jabba's Palace. It's like we get that short story where we we learn like Malakili's intimate relationship with this Rancor. And the fact that he was trying to free her from Jabba's like grasp. And basically was like a day away of getting her off world. And then she got killed. 
So like his yep. his crying there is justified because he actually cared for her and they like the relationships that you see with the the witches it's like he had that experience where he rode with her in the desert and he felt her power and felt her understanding and it's just I don't know I'm just a big old stuffy for animals and <laughs> well then don't look at that picture of the statue I just sent you that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, get, I sent it through Skype. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe not look. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was three thousand dollars back in the day. What? I think so. Are you, yeah. Are you for real? Why? Yeah. Why? Bro- you could buy bro- a motorcycle for three thousand dollars. Why? <laughs> yeah, or you could buy a really cool freaking. Oh wow! It it sold for twelve thousand in twenty sixteen. Jeebus. That's nuts. Okay, that's kind of intense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's now a Harley Davidson motorcycle, if you guys know motorcycle prices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again, so, the coolest again. moment. Oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, I hate that moment. Honestly, I, I, <laughs> I skip it. I fast forward it. I haven't watched it in years. I can't it's, stand it. I can't stand it. I'm sorry. I, it's, I it's, it's, it's okay. No, no. It's all no. right. But, no. you know, it's it's... There's a lot of that, you know, and, and Star Wars is worldly. So that's these kind what of I things... mean. There's too many situations where they're like, hey, let's just kill this animal because of the story. And it's just like, well, why? Like the whole like in even the Mandalorian series with like the, the little egg thing and the rhino. I don't know. Like it seemed like it was a vegetarian creature and they still killed it anyways. Like it was just trying to protect its egg. <sighs> Moving on to the story before I continue on. Not Star Kumbaya. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Animals, (laughs) and that's the point of this, what I wanted to talk about. Animals have no influence in war and no desire to go to war. And with these rancors, you know, they they appreciate their riders and they love their riders. And the fact that the witches have taught them things, like they taught them things like how to use weapons, how to use um like having the body armor and even using things like the nets and stuff like that and being coordinated and and giving them kind of honor in their society and a purpose and they're just not just wild beasts they're companions like like i said with how the tuscans are with the banthas but the rankers chose to work with them because they're not just like a little domestic cow like, these are great beasts that have intelligence. And what we learn from this story with specifically the one that um, Tenenil rides is her name is Tosh. And Tosh appreciates the fact that, yeah, she's been taught all these things, but she doesn't like going to fight against the Night Sisters. But she still does it because they ask her. So, that's my point. Yes, and jokes aside, it's it's all valid. I understand. Yeah, I know they're not real, guys. Like, but it still makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. spending too much so, time on Canto Bright. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, teasing you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about that scene. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when they're kind of like pairing off to get onto the rancors, like uh, originally, Luke was like, "Hey, Han, do you mind riding with like?" Uh, Ted and Neil because she keeps giving me like lust eyes and they're like no go for it go for it you know have fun and 
And Han's like, well, I get to ride with Leia. And then suddenly Isildur like snuck up onto the Rancor and, and it's like, haha, no, you don't. And I'm just like, oh, poor Han. Shafted again. Yeah. But, yeah. So Leia has this good moment where she's talking to Isildur and he's like, oh, you know, Han's so oafish. I don't even know why you like him. Blah, 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 blah. She's like, funny. He called you slime. <laughs> he's like, he called me slime? Like, <laughs> just like so outraged. That someone would actually do that, uh, you know, because it's just so perfect in all his ways. This is how I described Isidore. He's so handsome that you forget that you're in love with someone else. Yep. Yep. So when they just, finally arrive... Just like me, you know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so when they arrive at Baruka's cave, um, she's having this crazy intense like struggle transition from being nice sister nice sister back to being a regular witch and she can't quite keep herself in like third person or first person and luke has to keep reminding her of like you know you've left the night sisters like you're here to help us so like you're going to help us now and she's like and he he does kind of give her some healing we don't know what happens in the end with that but something what is really cool what she's able to do is she actually pulls from the dirt like it all like forms up and it's like a living model of the prison and you can see like little stormtroopers walking around and there she's like talking about like that's what's that all the ship's parts are you're gonna look for it, or they're in that basement and then suddenly upon one of the towers there's this figure that appears and she is like oh my god like she found me and like smashes the map and they're like, what just happened? They're like, that was Gasserian. Like, and Luke's like, she, she's not going to, she's not here to hurt you. And she's not going to scare you. And Han's like, well, I don't know, I'm pretty scared. <laughs> 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 so let's talk about when they get to the prison. So I find this is one of those moments in, in the story where it was very convenient how they got in so easily. Um... So when they show up, there's like 80 Imperial walkers and like 600 stormtroopers that are like just left the prison heading towards the, the Singing Mountain clan. So they're like, uh-oh, like stuff isn't good. Um, and they figure out the only way to get in this prison, and it's Isildur's plan, is by using harvester droids. And it's very convenient, the fact that these harvester droids are Hapen droids. Mm-hmm. You know, like these HD two thirty four Cs, and I was just kind of like, "What? Like, why did why did that have to be put into the story? I don't know. I found that really silly and convenient." World building, yeah. <laughs> in universe. Yeah, because like we've never heard of apes, and then suddenly they have droids that are on this planet. Like, come on, just like. But what they yeah. do utilize out of this moment is the fact that these harvester droids they're collecting berries from this field like this you know a field that they've established for the prison and the point is that they if they go into the droid machine uh, it'll sense the weight and assume that it's full and bring all the goods inside but of course it's full of people and <laughs> there's this kind of funny moment where they can hear these stormtroopers that are like oh that came back really quickly well, it's too bad we're not going to get to have any of those berries. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what do you think about 
when they get into the prison and like it's kind of easy because they they're able to get clothing pretty simple from like the laundry room so like the women they get like night sisters outfits and they do attack some stormtroopers and and get their clothing however when they're there they have this moment of like they're walking along um after they see a bunch of like political prisoners and they oh actually this is one question i wanted to ask you they they spy a woman who is the senior weapons technology advisor to Bail Organa in this prison. So, do you think a lot of these political prisoners were people who worked on the Death Star? I think it's altogether possible. Yeah. You know, because we, we see so many of them sporadically spread out to the rest of the timeline. Yeah. You know, uh, Bevel and um, uh, even Danny Quee, right? She wasn't yeah. necessarily part of the no. Was she was was Danny Queen the Death Star? No, she was much younger. No, she was she was there. There was one before that. Um, oh, oh what book am I thinking? Uh, Why can't I remember? Wedge Wedge was interested in her. Um, Z- but anyway, and yeah, that that was the thing before too. Um, but I think that's altogether possible that some of them are supposed to be like little nods, especially at the time too, because you know you can only give away so mu- so much. As they yeah. were still world building, but yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, but like while they're in the prison, like they can't rescue any of the prisoners because they have nope. to kind of help themselves. So they basically leave the prisoners with the intention of, you know, we're going to come back. And they they tell that to the laundryman that helps them get the clothes. But they have this moment where, and this is kind of where I was like, eh, I don't know about this, where they're walking along and they happen to come across like a group of four night sisters across a causeway and when they pass them one of them stops and she turns around and she's like you know i can feel your fear and of course that's <laughs> gazarian and for whatever reason she like doesn't sense that it's han and luke and leia and, <laughs> and deal right in front of her like you know i mean and they it's- it's the bantam here, you know. You gotta love. You gotta allow a little bit of cheese. Yeah, like it's I just, know that they that had. Way. Yeah, like I know that they had set up a trap for them. Like they had known that they would probably get, you know, Han showing up at some point to to take the weapon or not the weapon. Sorry, the the parts that they'll need. But like, how could they not sense Luke in this moment? And and that's what I'm more curious about. Is like Luke isn't really seen in this part of the story as like really important um you know he's the only jedi at this point yeah but they are like meh you know they don't really think about his power and and obviously what we see later um his power isn't much compared to some of the night sisters so he's still learning he's still learning yeah um but when they finally get into the basement to find all these parts, lo and behold, they find the shocking discovery of another Falcon kind of cobbled together located in this like basement. Uh, and like other uglies and other ties and things like that, that they've been trying to like cobble together to get off this world. But of course, you know, they haven't been successful. Ten and Neil and Luke, they face off against a bunch of Night Sisters now that show up, and one of them was Baritha, who we we do remember from earlier in the story. Um, she immediately starts choking like Ten and Neil, and Luke jumps in and like basically opens up her windpipe 
And then the Night Sisters were like outraged that he would do something like this and how he had the power to even do this. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, uh, Baritha, like, she immediately summons support. And like Luke and Tenny are like, we got to get to this fake falcon. And they get on board. Luke, I love this moment. He like takes the falcon and like spins it around in the docking bay before he was even like going to take off. And like they, are able to take off so like i don't know like in how much time they're able to like put together these parts and make the falcon running enough that they were able to flee long enough until they got shot down by zinji's men uh, who saw the falcon escaping from the prison and immediately shot it down like no hesitation like didn't even go like, hey, what's going on in that Falcon down there? Like there was yeah. like, oh no, boom! Like, <laughs> uh, and like at that moment, like you know, they're scrambling to like get all the parts that they need, like loose from the ship, and they leap out of the the fake Falcon into this lake, and it explodes. What are your your kind of thoughts of like what's going on at this moment, um, particularly involving like what Zinji's thinking? I think it's it's a great amount of cheese going on here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, if I uh, if I do say so myself, and I think that the Zinji, like you know, no no matter how cool he plays it, you know, because he's yeah. got he's got quite the story going on, even though it's not really been released yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, so we 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 now know who he really was, and he's he was actually, you know, quite the. Uh, And pretty famous for it too, but um, I I think that him shooting down Han Solo, uh, as far as what I think of all that, mm. I think that it, after you read enough of of his history and whatnot, I think it's a lot more personal, yeah, um, than it was before. But all the same, you know, it, it's it, if he was able to to bag Han, so yeah. to speak, you know. I, I know that he had fellow warlords that he was up against too. So I think uh, taking out one of one of the uh, New Republic's top heroes would would have uh, benefited him greatly. Yeah, exactly. Well, he he definitely has a personal vendetta against Han because we find out because they even ask him like, "What does Zinji have against you?" And he's like, "Well, <clears throat> I may have uh, told him to kiss my Wookiee at some point." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They, there's their like their personal beef, but yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. And, like <laughs> I, li- I like that they all laugh at him, and even like Isildur is like, "Oh, you're you're too much sometimes, my friend." And everyone's like, "Wow, Isildur just called him a friend," which is still super awkward, guys, because he's trying to get in Leia's pants. But... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have a little moment where like. R2 and C3PO, they've been kind of breaking the codes between, uh, like, the, the communications between Gethzerian and Zinji and Zinji's men. So when Gethzerian talked to General Malvar, like, he's like, um, what just happened there? And she's like, oh, no, uh, that, yeah, we know you blew up the Falcon, but, like, Han wasn't on the Falcon. It was just some of our stormtroopers. So, like, don't worry about it. We have Han Solo in our possession, which is a complete lie obviously. 
Mm-hmm. But she's trying to like use this as a bargaining tool because like she knows that Zenji wants Han and she wants something which is to get off this world. So she's really desperate to get a ship at this point. And she even to the point where she's like, I will prove my loyalty to you and will give you my daughters. You know, like and Melver's like, why would you like what mother would do that? And she's like, it's not like that kind of thing. Obviously, mm-hmm. she's bold enough that she's going to try playing both these men. Um, so now they have the option of like they have to get back to the Singing Mountain Clan and as fast as they possibly can. So they like start like racing off into the, the woods across the valleys over the mountains um, and take like one or two little rest spots. And poor Tenennial, she goes to this horrible night where both Luke. And Isildur turn her down. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And like, poor girl, you know, like, I don't know how she handles that. But like, two men who are your slaves are basically saying like, no, I think I've got better options. <laughs> <laughs> so poor girl. Um, but like, no. at least it's Isildur, like, he's he's kind to her, you know, and he, he does admire her as a person and he admires even her simple beauty as he puts it and they have this nice moment where you know he's pointing out little stars being like that's from that and that's from that and like the history of this one um and he's like well with that planet there you know that's that's hapes that system and like you could see us but i can't see you from there so you can at least always see me which is you know kind of romantic in a in a sad heartbroken way mm. yeah so continuing on they've got like another few kilometers to go and the poor rancors and like luke is trying to do what he can for these creatures because he realizes like they don't have sweat glands so like they're they're taking like a lot of weight a lot of stress from sprinting across these woods and he asks um he asked Tosh to take to get her two children, who are the strongest climbers, to to scale the cliff back into the fortress, um, or sorry, into the valley, and that Luke will stay behind and fight these stormtroopers and these night witches that are coming. And it's this intense scene uh, where there's like four walkers, and three of them are immediately almost destroyed, but the fourth one blows off an arm of one of the rancors so one of Tasha's children and she goes crazy and just pummels this walker into the ground and at the same time Luke is having this moment with one of the night sisters and it's like this young female and this kind of goes to what you're saying with the character of like what Luke being badass and he like immediately chokes her and it's like hey like uh, I'll release you but you have to promise you're going to leave the night sisters and she, when she does, like, and he releases her, she immediately is like, oh, like, I'm going to, like, it starts to attack him. And then Tosh just, like, smushes her. Yeah. Which <laughs> is so brutal. And Luke's just like, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, he's like, well, I tried. Like, <laughs> yeah, can't save them all. Yeah, can't save them all. So when they, they race up back to the fortress of the Siggy Mountain clan, and when they meet in the war room and they're discussing, like, 
you know, they're, they're not sure of the numbers and Ogwen asks for the advice. And I'd like to get your thoughts of the advice that Luke gives the Knights, or the, the Dathomirian witches, which is use your powers only in service of life. And they're like, so does that mean in a battle you don't want us to kill? And he's like, not if you can help it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, it's that talking point. Luke meets Amazonians, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you would. And he's just trying to show him a better path. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you even look at Amazons in general, and, you know, we know that Luke has his kind of Herculean uh, characteristics at times. If you actually look at the tale of, like, the, the trials of Hercules, like the 12... Um, events that he has to go through he he does hook up with the amazons and then eventually oh, unfortunately kills a bunch of them um uh-huh. <laughs> so, how about it <laughs> yeah but that was only because they were like it was Hera. anyways that's a long complicated story yep, but yep. you blame Hera for that because she was always after heracles you know um but when the night sisters attack they like start dropping over like the cliffside like cliff face and Gazarian suddenly is there and she's like challenges Luke and they they go into this battle of the two of them and she destroys him easily um and well, yeah. like he, and yeah I, this is one of those moments that is kind of like how uh what was it like even though they're new you know yeah. th- these figures became mythic shortly after like um uh, like Repta for that what was it was it Gepta or Repta that um sorcerer of tune that that han faces in his trilogy and then or uh the lando yeah that lando had to go up against in his trilogy and then here you know we're we're, we're probably like for people who first read it they're like oh come on like because he absolutely decimates her but the the queen mother if you would of the night sisters is is um is an ancient you know force and he he goes he definitely gets trashed <laughs> yeah and like easily and like he thinks about this moment where like when he used to fight against vader vader never really tried to kill luke and held back and now that these women who are so powerful in the force and like this is his first kind of like real fight against force users uh, they just wipe his butt and like he goes over the cliff and that's really what happens to him throughout the battle like no one knows like he just disappears um and like his line is like ben i failed you um and his brain is like filling with blood and when she's like basically just pointing her finger at him and like and he loses his vision and things like that which is pretty crazy so all the time chewy and isildur they're desperately trying to and han and leia they're desperately trying to get the falcon like fixed while the night sisters are attacking in like this crazy maelstorm is like going on around them and suddenly the like mountain rips apart from where they had hid the falcon away and the night sisters were there trying to like like take the falcon out um there's this kind of funny scene where isildur he gets kind of like put into the sleep trance and like tenanil comes to the rescue and sees that like he's getting hogtied by a night sister. Like even though it's battle, she's like, "I'm gonna take that really handsome guy over there." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Opportunistic. Yeah, things. I mean, lust is lust, I guess. Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Snow, snow. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so like she takes Isidore who's knocked out and like through her spells and force like grabs the body, hits that night sister, she goes flying and then tells Leia blast, you know, blast, take off, blast the engines and runs and protects Isidore with her body and the the act, like just the act of the Falcon taking off now out of this hole burns away all the other night sisters and they're kind of safe. Although mm-hmm. one night sister does remain alive, which is like only important to note um, as just kind of like a little side note. So when the Falcon takes off, immediately 3PO is singing the the solo song of like Han the Great, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And Han's like, okay, we need now to figure out how to get the storm to stop, because obviously it's a force storm, and happens to spy a bunch of, like, it's like two a dozen AT-ATs and two dozen Night Sisters walking towards them. And he's like, ah, problem solved, and Proton torpedoes them, and the storm stops. <laughs> yep. And they're like, yay! So that really decimated the Night Sisters' numbers. Um, and but then what happens next? Darkness. Complete and utter darkness. And this is something that Zinji had been working on, which is he had released all these satellites around Dathomir and it blocked off the light of the sun. And the world in about three days is going to turn into a giant ice cube in space and everything on it will be dead. So now we understand like, the priority of Gethsarian to get off this world. She's kind of aware of it. Maybe, maybe not, but she knows that like she can't stay there. Yeah, it's all it's all worked up. Yeah. From from your knowledge, like I I know um other things like this has happened in Star Wars, like where we get these super super weapons and things like that. But can you think of any other specific events where they kind of use satellites as a weapon? Like, I know with Operation Cinder in, in canon, um, oh. they did that with, with Naboo. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you have to forgive me, I'm wearing down here by, by 1140. But, um, no, there, there's definitely situations. It's, it's like, now it's one of those questions, like, when you ask off the top of your dome here, I'm like, ah, but I know that there has been. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, as far as satellites go. Yeah. And there, there's been, like, you know, countless, um situations when when you're trying to like you know decimate yeah. a star to to bring a, a system to its its knees yeah yeah so and like with zinchi's whole plot here it's he calls the device the eternal or sorry the night cloak and luke had been mm-hmm. referring to it as the eternal night and it's something he had had a vision uh, when they were at the prison and when you know when their intention was to leave he was like we can't leave this world not just for these prisoners but for the whole sake of the world um, so now, like everything is like darkness, and Han Han lands the ship with Leia, and Leia, you know, he says to her like, "Where's Isildur? Like, wasn't he right behind you, working on the ship with Chewie?" And she has this kind of moment of like, uh, "Well, um, he got left behind," and Han's really shocked that Leia was. Re- willing to leave this man that you know she was supposedly falling in love with and about to marry behind during a battle and she's like well i know he was protected because henanil told me but at the same time i don't know what are your thoughts on that 
I think in that moment, from my memory anyway, it was that that quintessential moment that like she chose Han. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because like he was he was out there in battle, and yet whose side is is she at? Yeah, that's true. You know what uh, I mean? And I think that was kind of supposed to be the uh that one of the one of those like because I remember that moment. Um. And and we're getting we're, we're kind of transitioning back to yeah. them being like in love, and that I think that was like one of the the first instigators of it. Yeah, and you, well, you they, constantly see it, you know. Yeah, well, there was even a scene when they were riding back on the Rancors where Han and Leia actually rode together, and Tenenil and Isidore rode together, and it was mm-hmm. kind of like this silent thing between all of them where they were kind of okay with that. Yep. Yeah. But so Han and Leia, they run <laughs> back to the fortress to actually like check that Isildur is okay um, and not the other people who, or the villagers or anyone. So I thought this scene was kind of silly where they like run up past everyone of the battles and things like that just to check on Isildur. Uh, and he's, and they're like, oh no, he's, he looks dead, but he's just like asleep from the witch spell. And they're like, oh, okay, so he he's fine <laughs> after all that. <laughs> um, and you know, and, and and like even in that moment when they're running back, they did see Tosh. I thought this was really sad. She was dragging like the corpse of one of her sons and just like lamenting in this pain and sadness. Um, when they do find Isildur, they also find that Tenenil has been injured. And what had happened was she had willingly given some of her her strength and her body basically or her powers to this night sister that had been burnt by han's falcon flying out of there and leia kind of puts this whole like hey well the healer needs to check the night sister too as well as tenanil and they're like well this is not a priority you know there's other people that are injured and leia has to do like this whole like petition you know like we have to save everyone even though that woman was just trying to like kidnap <laughs> Zoldor basically <laughs> um, but they like Ogwin finally concedes and whatever and then they, they're kind of like prepping things for burial this whole time they still don't know what happened to Luke and when they say Luke's missing like Leia like actively whimpers and like looks around the room like she's trying to find her twin and expecting him to show up but of course he doesn't later though r2 he plays he intercepted another hollow between gazarian and zinji and gazarian's like annoyed with zinji with like what's the meaning of why are you calling me like i just was in a battle and i had to retreat from that battle because obviously you know we were losing and the falcon got away <laughs> And Zinji's like, well, I hope you enjoy this darkness from all my satellites, because, like, that's what you get for not giving me Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, she's like, okay, no, you know, I'll I'll get you Han. It'll be, like, the you know, today, today. And he's like, yeah, it'll be, it will be today, because you're going to freeze tomorrow. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was such a cold-blooded. Yeah. Career. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and he does reject that deal she had offered of, like, I'll give you my children if you kind of let us off this world. And she's like, okay, well, how about you hire us as mercenaries instead? We're not going to be, like, partners. We'll be, I'll, you can hire me. and <laughs> But you just need to give me a ship. And then finally he's kind of like, eh, all right, I'll give you a ship. 
be here at such a time with Han. There'll be two ships, one's for you, one's for Han. Like, be there. That's it. And the transition. Yep. Han, knowing this information, is like, oh, great. And then suddenly, Gazarian does ascending directly to Han. And she's like, if you don't give yourself up, I'm going to start killing all these prisoners. And she kills like 12 of them in front of his eyes. And even when he closes his eyes, like desperate to like escape what he's witnessing, he can't. And she's still just like killing all these innocent people. Um, Yeah, she didn't have a soul at that point. No kidding. Like what a horrific moment for Han. And Han, you know, like Han is still a good guy. You know, we know him as the rebel and and the kind of scoundrel and, you know. You know and the date just... rapist. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, yeah. Nothing uh, says, uh, I love you like a gun in a body bag, dear. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. That's, that's too realistic, Kyle. It's not even funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, but Elise's reaction is still just like, horror and immediately he takes off without saying anything to anyone and you know leo like chases after him and he runs straight to the falcon and he runs to his his bunk and underneath his his bed he's got this like little secret cache of like nasty gross weapons that are highly illegal Mm -hmm. uh, which is why they're under his bed and he, <laughs> he grabs never on, look here. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> I've got ex-girlfriends under the floor that they'll be looking at. <laughs> oh, now see, that's a good <laughs> Oh, it's too soon. It's too oh, soon. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes out the Talison thermal detonator and the whole reason that he's getting this is he plans to blow up Gazarin and whatever is around in the proximity. And, you know, he's giving his farewells to, like, Chewie, you know, like, take care of the princess kind of line. And, you know, don't make me regret this to Leia as she's just finally, like, no. And they have this, like, fierce kiss together. And when he's walking away, she's like, Han, like, I love you. And he's like, I know. I've I've always known. Oh. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's so romantic. Because now he's completely sacrificed himself for a world that he won in a card game. <laughs> so, yep. But so they're now, people, and that's what it's about. It's saving people. the pebbles. <laughs> he's saving the people and he's saving the rancors. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the rancors. And the rancors, yeah. More importantly, the rancors. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Hey, hey someone's got to be an animal crusader for Star Wars because no one else is, apparently. I'll have a womp rat stew and, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I love that in Family Guy. He's like, oh, you know, it's like nothing like, you know, what's the line? You know, hitting womp rats with Target and then Peter goes, you shoot small animals for fun that's a sign of a serial killer (laughs) (laughs) yeah so damn right or or, excuse me (laughs) go on when han is running off now to meet up with kazarian uh below the cliff he actually does find luke i don't know why no one else has found him at this point and he luke is just kind of like finally waking up and um 
there's this weird moment, and I don't know if this happens in any other story or if this makes sense to you, because I was a little confused with this, where when he wakes up, he can somehow see the force. And the salamander that's there, like, whispers, you know, it's a gift. And it, like, helps him heal. But I, I, I just can't think of another story where he can actively see the force. What, Luke? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's out there. It just feels like one of those things that are out there. Yeah. I just feel like it was a little bit more just for this one story. Um, but, yeah, when he's calling for Leia, it's Han that finds him. And Han kind of gives him a hug and, you know, indicates to the villagers, like, come take care of this guy and bring him to the Falcon. And he goes off. There's this really nice scene with Isidore and Tenennial now where he finds her crying up in the fortress. And, you know, he's getting he's kind of thinking, you know, I'm I'm leaving at this point because we got the Falcon back. Guess Zarin's been defeated. He doesn't know that Han's run off, obviously. Um, and she tells him because what happened during battle was that she actually killed my nice sister in rage and she developed like she through her emotions she gets those bruises on her face and the other witches of her clan sees this and like now it's basically to the point where like she's going to be exiled and she plans to go back to the desert to meditate and to find herself again and Tenennial or Isidore, sorry, he's like, well, you know, you're going to be like, you're a tough woman, you'll be fine. And because, like, that's exactly what a woman wants to hear in those kind of moments. Which is never good, no. Sister. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine, you're tough. Like, yeah. <laughs> when, when I'm told you'll be fine, you're tough, it's usually because a lot of terrible things are happening, like my current life right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and she's like, well, okay. He's like, well, how about you, you know, you can go anywhere. You, you've got this great power. You can even come to Hapes. And she's like, well, as what? He's like, a bodyguard. And she's like, I don't want to be a bodyguard. He's like, well, you, you're like super good at this. And maybe like, but you're like, you're, you know, you've been a good friend and a good master. Like, again, doofus, like kind of lame lines. And she's like, you know what? <laughs> I don't want to go there. And he's like, well, I think maybe your only option to go to Hapes is for marriage and that we should get married because you've been making a mess out of my life, basically. So not the most romantic marriage proposal in the history of marriage proposals, but it happened, I guess. Yep. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, so you're a witch, huh? <laughs> ah, oh, and you're all based off of uh, real witches, huh? <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. I'll bite. I'll bite. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, well, you, you know, come back to my palace. Uh, yeah, come back peasant? to my palace. My <laughs> aunties and my cousins will probably try to kill you, and most likely, my mother will definitely try to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and you'll have to be forced to learn how to live with her. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Maybe she should have rethought that. <laughs> Maybe. 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 I, as older as it had, had a couple moments to uh, to shine, and maybe that wasn't his, yeah. his, <laughs> his greatest gift this, of foresight. This moment right I there. was, yeah, exactly. This moment I was really like, that's how you did it. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
unimpressed face. Thank you very much. But at least, you know, they kiss. They seem to be kind of okay with it. And, you know, and when they kiss, he finally has this moment where it, it seems so clean and it's so pure. And he felt that it washed away any of the doubts that he had. So he definitely knew now at this point that it was her that he was meant to be with. And like, that's something that Luke had said to him, like the force brought us together for a reason. And even if it's just like you, you were acting originally hastily in pursuit of getting Leia back. But mm. look, what's, you know, look what's happened now in results. Like, yeah. And don't mind what happens, you know, when my nephew cuts off your, your kid's <laughs> arm. I mean, just don't don't worry about that in the future, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, don't worry about it. The fact yeah, that... Just saying, you know, love the force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love, yeah. You don't need an arm. Like... <laughs> ah, she'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Poor... <laughs> you know, you have to admire Tanaka. Like, she's one of those badass characters, like, the she, she's like one of my she, favorites. The fact yeah. that she never needed a replacement arm. Yeah, she just wouldn't. What's yeah, up, she... Vong? <laughs> <laughs> I'll slaughter you anyways. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> when they get Luke back onto the ship, like he kind of like he's in this healing moment and he's saying to Leia, like, don't do anything until. I can do something. And she's like, uh, you know, we're still kind of in a battle and Han just got taken by that witch and is, you know, going to be given to the Imperials, but sure, just go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. She And they, like, continue working on the Falcon. They try to get in, like, you know, like that, um, the window and get the generators in and things like that. Um, now, at the prison, so Han's waiting for like hours at this point and Gazarian's not there. He's just with a couple of like random witches and there's no Imperials either. So he's waiting, 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 waiting. Finally, he suddenly sees two shuttles coming down and the carriers, you know, come down from the sky and has this moment with General Malvar and Malvar's like, oh yeah, Han is here, confirms it with Zinji and everyone is like very happy with this. But Gazarian shows up now and starts mocking Han. And Han's like, I, oh, I knew you'd be here to show up because you couldn't resist gloating. Uh, and he's like, well, why don't you gloat this? And then throws the, the thermal detonator at her. <laughs> and nothing happens. Uh, and he's like shocked. And she's like, just laughs at him. She's like, yeah, see that other night sister there, Chabelle? Yeah, she totally, like, bent the pin in that. So <laughs> nothing's happening. And, like, she casually gives it to General Malvar, being like, you should dispose that. Thank you very much. Oh, Malvar, I also have another present for you. And then kills them all with just, like, her finger. Yep. Like, boom. And all the stormtroopers drop. And he drops in like three seconds. Everyone's dead. And she laughs She's like, ha, you know, that was easy. No problem. And Han's standing there going, uh, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> Just a smidgens. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to enjoy this. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start breaking every bone in your body. So when you, if you know how many bones you have, you're going to have three times that very shortly. 
and breaks the bones in his leg. And he's just like, no, no. Oh, God, don't don't attack my teeth. And this is the craziest part. I don't know if you guys have ever had dental problems, but I've had dental problems. And having your teeth explode in your mouth, I cannot imagine how horrifying that pain would be. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things that would, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah that so, pretty much F up my day, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's like getting your fingernails pulled out during torture, like, or your teeth, but it's not and just I just teeth puked pulled, up a little bit. <laughs> it's teeth exploding into your mouth. So, like, everything's, ex- like, going into I, your... Oh. Ironically, the teeth blowing up thing didn't bother me nearly as much as the fingernails getting ripped off. Isn't that weird? <laughs> That's always been my thing. Even during the rotations that I had to be in, you know, really? you see all kinds of stuff, and, and the one thing that would always make me yak a little bit is, is yeah. things that are related to the nails. Just something about it. Yeah, I can understand yeah. that. I do have long nails, but teeth thing, yeah, no, the teeth thing that made me cringe. Oh, there's something <laughs> about that I can I can deal with, but I can't. Um, ah, the imagery of your long nails getting nope, nope, that's <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listeners, I apologize. I just made Kyle vomit on air. Damn. <laughs> it's only uh like five percent real. Exactly. A lot of five percent. Oh. <laughs> What's great in this moment, though, like even though Han is suddenly being tortured, lo and behold, the Falcon shows up to save the day and dun, starts, dun, dun. you know, shoots at Kazarian, but she jumps out of the way and you know survives. Um, the Falcon does like this rotation, blows some holes in the prison walls, at least free some prisoners, comebacks, and then quickly lands. And the the whole moment, Han is like, wow. That's some fancy shooting that Isildur's doing, and it turns out it wasn't. It was Luke piloting and firing at the same time through the Force, which is really cool. Um, and it just shows like his his powers are getting there, but not quite there. Yep. Yeah. So they Han gets onto the Falcon with Isildur's help, and they chase after the Night Sisters, who are getting away on that shuttle that they stole from the Imperials. Of course, they took the the one that wasn't the one intended for them, because probably that one would have had a bomb on it. So they took the one um, that was General Mulver. And Luke starts turning like on and off his radio jammers to basically signal to Zinji's uh, that the witch's intention is to flee. And they pinpoint her location and blast that carrier up pretty quickly i don't know but for you i felt that this kind of moment with the ending of the witches really just simple um it's kind of just like oh they're all dead uh okay yep and then the, the narrative just moves along right yeah yeah it's kind of banned to me you know <laughs> <laughs> No, I keep saying that, but it's just it's the easiest like way to just put the the silly stuff. Yeah, just because. Yeah, just because. All right, I love that though. It's just a different style of of sci-fi. Like, it kind of reminded me of the moment when like Jason and Jaina fight, and it felt kind of anticlimactic. And this was just anticlimactic at the same time because you get this woman who was just so dangerous and. You don't even get her last, like, little, oh, no, moment, you know? <laughs> I don't know. 
You know what? I've learned to accept when we don't get the no. <laughs> Just lying. That's, you know. that's true, because that's all we're going to get in terms of dialect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll take I'll take the, the, the quiet OG ride out yeah. over over uh, something absolutely silly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess headcanon counts for something, you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so the, not much, but yeah, not much. Uh, Luke's next step now is that he starts kind of like triggering shots over the next course of twenty minutes and like target something. Like he seems to target something, lock on, shoot something else, and then eventually, the whole kind of nightclub collapses. And what they see around them, there's like all these ships now registering on their display, and there's like hundreds of ties and things like that being scrambled. But there's also the Hapen fleet. And the Hapen fleet had finally arrived. And of course, we've been waiting for them, which is, you know, Tachum's um, expected appearance. And what we also see is the Iron Fist. And that is the flagship of Zinji. And Han looks at Luke and he's like, let me take the helm. Yeah. (laughs) And immediately, just like, Full sublight speed gets pulled right into that tractor beam, does not care, and gets under the shields and sends out a message. Emergency message priority read to Zinj, saying, hey, you know, what's going on? And when he answers, he's like, this is General Han Solo. Look up at your view screen, vermin. Kiss my Wookiee. And gives about, you know, two seconds enough time for Zinji to look up and register the fact that the Falcon is coming straight at him and fires two concussion missiles and that is the end of that warlord. How did you feel about this death then? Oh, that was much better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, at least we got like like, a sign-off. Yeah, that's like classic solo stuff and Zinji was, uh, I mean, you know, even though at that point I I, I have to look at the the chronological publication orders, but mm. all the same, we we know all about Zinji at this point, and so it's like, oh my God, was he a little Hitler? Yeah. Um, you know, he was an evil, evil little rat. So, yeah. Um, it's one of those like once you know what's going on with him too, and you read it, you're like, oh, it makes it a little bit better. <laughs> Well, I know we're going to fill that out in our continuation of the X-Wing series, guys. We are still going to keep doing it, so don't worry. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Leia, you know, <laughs> I know, we laugh. It, we've just struggled. It's not going to take, like, eight years per book. My goodness. Or. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or. Uh, so Leia asks Han, she's like, do you feel better? You know? <laughs> you, you've killed him. And he's like, yeah, you know. You want to say guy? <laughs> yeah, he has this moment of like, why? Why do people always gather together in these celebration moments and be all happy? It's like, it, it's called human emotions, Han. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, hmm. something about that. Yeah, but but she's like, you won, and he's like, well, I didn't really win this war. And she's like, no, you won the bets. I have fallen back in love with you, and it's been seven days. Uh, and he's like, oh, that's a stupid thing. Oh, you know, anyway, I shouldn't have made it anyways. You shouldn't have kidnapped her in the first place, Han. Uh, <laughs> might have helped. Yeah, might have helped. But they they kissed and everything seemed finally back to normal. Isildur, you know, he does observe their kiss from within the Falcon. And he's 
I think he's content at that moment because um, he had at least another female to kind of get over Leia with. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, ah, oh, well, I know that I'll be, uh, I'll be sneezed. So yeah. it's all good. <laughs> I'm still really ridiculously handsome, so everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, wait a second. I'm a prince. Uh <laughs> I mean he's a None prince, but like <laughs> you know, he's a prince in a system where men are really not really seen that important. So Yeah, like I guess he's bit. he's probably not considered like that much more handsome than than the next chap, huh? Since yeah. All Hapens were considered like abnormally beautiful. Exactly. When everyone's beautiful, you're not normal or you're only normal. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Thank you. Lisa, yeah. For helping me fit in here. <laughs> um, you know, it's very hard looking like Jeff Goldblum all the time and uh, getting through. <laughs> Wait, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've been told multiple times I look like Jeff Goldblum, so whatever. <laughs> Okay. It doesn't sound like a good thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't answer that for you. <laughs> so, okay. now that Captain Astarta has returned with the Battle Dragon, and actually, like, the rest of the fleet hadn't really kind of showed at this point, but they had at least got, like, they had gotten to the Dathomirian system by using the Jedi's coordinates, and Isidore now being the most senior member of the Haven um, military says, like, destroy everything. Destroy everything and go rescue those prisoners that are uh, down below. So at least, you know, like, they, they really do wreak some havoc on all these ships and most likely probably take a bunch of them in custody because that seems to be their thing. Mm-hmm. So now we get our final little, like, celebration dinner. So again, it's back to the whole dinner thing. Tatum, she is present now, the Haven Queen Mother. And Han, he gets his reward of like the gold and the jewels, and they're dumped on his feet. And he's like, ah, you know, like I I wasn't actually serious about this. And they're like, no, no, like you, you know, you gave us this, you gave our world back and you saved all of our lives. And it's in payment. And so don't worry about it. And Leia's like, well, why don't we just use it for the wedding? kind of like casual and he's like how much of a wedding is this going to be that's going <laughs> to take all these jewels and gold <laughs> so yeah there's a great moment here where Isidore now shares his intention of marrying Tenenil Dijo and Tashum immediately is like no uh who's this desert girl who like is running around in like stuff that she makes from the woods like I don't think so like not happening and then luke totally calls her out just be like well i don't think you even had the intention of isidore marrying leia if that's the case of your objections and you know she kind of like silently doesn't say anything and isidore's like well what about lady eliar what happened with her you know his previous fiance that had been murdered and what about my brother and she kind of is like well i'm not going to be interrogated Mm-hmm. Uh, which is obvious that she had Lady Elliot killed and her own son killed. Which is really horrific. Um, Sets and the Neil- stage for the future to come. Exactly. So, And that's what I was saying about this, this woman who is so dangerous. She mm. killed her own children and had no problem with it. Yep. 
like even the knights of Circassarium, she was quote saying she would trade her children but that really wasn't going to happen like she had every intention of you know just trying to get off that world and then killing who she could well and then Ted and Neil, she's like well i'm not a pacifist so if that's your objection to this marriage um i have killed many in the last few days and then kind of proceeds to kick butt Tatum's bodyguards. <laughs> like, yeah. So, and they're like, well, that's that. And he's like, you have to re- reconsider, mother. Like, I'm taking her as a wife. And instead of, like, you know, you always fearing those, like, spoon menders that you always talk about, our children will be the spoon menders. Because they'll have the forest. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, she's, she storms off. But of course, he's like, oh, and Hapes is officially joining the New Republic now. Like, now, like, you kind of just chatted about it. Like, she basically did this whole mission for Isildur as, like, a whim. Like, if she didn't intend him to marry him, and she was willing to give away, like, tons and tons of money and ships and, like, all these, like, rare artifacts. Like, what was her plan going to be? Like, when was she going to draw the line? Was it when she killed Leia? You know, yeah, like, we can only speculate, you know. Yeah. Like, and, did and she? Ex- all she's all about her character and and half the Hapens as it is is just, yeah. you know, cogs between cogs with wheels and thoughts behind those. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, that wasn't exactly eloquent. Eloquent. <laughs> you, you knew what I meant. <laughs> Sometimes you think about what you say and you're like, oh, good God, Kyle. All right. Yeah. But yeah, you know what I meant. She she's freaking crazy, people. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully the listeners know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, schemers. Uh, schemers. <laughs> exactly. She is, I think she's one of the most dangerous women in this system. Um, and I would love to have more material on her, to be honest. And I look forward to seeing her again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so we'll, the we'll, next- we'll cover her. We've covered her intro now. And then one day we'll cover her exit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I will be happy to read her death, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just like I feel bad for Tenadiel. Like the fact that she killed her for like no reason other than spite. Mm-hmm. Like years and years later, like ugh. yep. You know, and, like, and and she actively now. loves her like granddaughter. She loves Tenno. Mm-hmm. You know, but like I just don't like your mom that much for no reason other than just she's not Haven. So, hmm. no one is good enough. That that's her problem. No one or nothing is good enough. The next day, Ogwin reminds that you know you you do need to visit Mother Rel. But one thing that you should know is that the Kuinthor, when it came down and all the fighting, no one won in the end, and we had to sit down and discuss things. So that's kind of like a little lesson for Luke of like. It's not always about fighting. It's about talking, too. Mm-hmm. So when Luke visits Mother Rel, the, the old, old witch, uh, she's like, oh, yeah, thanks for coming back. Um, basically, she was just waiting for Luke to arrive all these years. And she gives her gives Luke this box that she had under her seat, and it was all locked up, and it was filled with hundreds and hundreds of reader discs from the Jedi. So now he finally has that information that he's been like desperately looking for and able to start kind of, you know, the next start of the Jedi. Um, 
I liked the ending here, though, when you kind of get like six weeks later, it's now back to Coruscant and you kind of like the happy wedding scene of like, you know, everyone's like there, like Isildur and Tenenil are like up front, very happy and stuff. But when Luke shows up, of course, he's late because Luke is Luke. And 3PO runs out being like, oh, I've, I've learned the most dreadful news. Like, we can't proceed with this wedding. We must stop it. I have to object. Blah, 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 blah. And Luke's like, well, why? And he's just like, Han, I've discovered it's not a king after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, his family were like pretenders. So it's people who um, base. So the whole concept of pretender, I'm using quotation marks, is like someone who like kicks off another king or queen by killing them or forcibly removing them and then takes the throne. So while lineages may be broken, if we look at our own world, we've had many of that times happening. um, And we've always seemed to accept them as a king or queen because they're like, well, we got more money than you. What are you going to (laughs) do? But, like, Luke in this moment is like, okay, not a problem. I'll take care of it. Turns off C-3PO and then goes off to enjoy the wedding and lovingly sees that Leia is finally enjoying herself and finally content. And she has this final moment of, like, peace. Because for the last, like, just her whole life she's been just living on edge from the Empire trying to help her people. And now she has a little bit of happiness. So, and that is the end of Courtship of Leia. (laughs) What a great and long, interesting story. Mm -hmm. Uh, What were your your kind of final thoughts on this story? I love this book for the world building um, and the importance that it had on the EU more so than the book itself. And I know that that sounds a little bit, you know, messed up, but there's a, there's quite a couple of the Bantam books that I feel very much like that. Like they have a beloved spot in your heart and you love spending time with it, but you do know that there's like different style that was approached back then. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like I can't say that if this came out anytime now hypothetically if everything was different probably wouldn't fly too well but at the given time i think that it was a little bit of a modern classic and um it's just nice revisiting it because of how much influence you know dathomir the night sisters you know all uh, the dathomir witches as a whole um playing such a huge role and i i you know how i feel about the the tcw and all that nonsense but excuse me excuse me (laughs) um alternate canon i'll say (laughs) you know that's all that's all disney canon now i don't accept any of it um anyway um tell us your opinion kyle (laughs) i know i try to keep it in i do but you know uh, i'm i'm you know i'm just like at that point of the day today it's 12 30 and i'm like oh we reached the end of this it's 12 30 midnight and i'm like oh yeah we reached the end of the book just crowbar separation with them with them freaking tcw night sisters so yeah. I, I appreciate going back to what, you know, I grew up on with it. Yeah. And well, and that's what this book's there for. You know, it gives you this okay. entire world, even though, you know, we, we see uh, Han get a little bit, a little bit frisky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, there's definitely that, a lot of lust in this book, for sure. <laughs> yeah. A lot of like um, 
like people not knowing what to do with it either. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of like human um, savagery, if you would. And I think that kind of like all fit along fits along the lines of what what I presume Dave was going for. Yeah. Well, you you get again, like when you get to the two matriarchal societies, you have one where it's like beauty and amazing jewels and all these worlds and ships and like everything that you could want. And then you get to this other world that's also equally strong and female. But they live in like little huts and mm-hmm. they they uh, hunt for worms and <laughs> yeah <laughs> and ride on rancors. So like it's just kind of like elegance and brutality of both of them amalgamated into one. And it's just, I loved that we get more of these strong female characters um, yeah. coming from this, from this story. And it's just like, it's, it's a story that I think we should have talked about a long time ago. And I, I regret that we hadn't until now, you know, I always kind of pushed it off as like, Oh, it's a story where they fall in love. Lame, you know, like, and I didn't really yeah. think of it. Um, and, and it look how many, like, at the time that this came out, right, and, you know, we're, what, three years after, three or four years after, um, you know, Zahn came out with his, his, his trilogy. Yeah. But it's like, look how many strong female characters. It's, you know, we have this, we have the, oh, practically most of the X-Wing series. Yeah. Um, you know, just to name a few off the break. And it's like, how many strong females are there when when there's like this i know that there's this new campaign going on for the past couple years that there weren't any women in star wars and it's like what are you talking about (laughs) yeah exactly yeah just pick up a book guys (laughs) give us a break and don't insult the intelligence because look here it's a whole planet full of them yeah two yeah it's it's, yeah it's it's just it's just absolutely you know redonkulous But I'm yeah. glad that you that you found merit um, within it and and enjoyed the angle of of the uh, the matriarchs we had here. Absolutely. Um, and you know, maybe in time I'll I'll read the new Disney version of the the events and see if there's any similarities. Um, I mean, that would be kind of cool if they brought Haven culture in. Uh, highly doubt it, but you know, you never know. Um, I'm sure they'll do some sort of similar thing and you know it won't be yeah we'll have to see i mean i'm sure that they'll at least like keep up with you know because we didn't talk about everything but the fact that dathmir was a ancient sith site and all that but yeah i'm sure that i'm sure that's in there at some point or another because you know you have to have a dark lineage in the past somewhere well exactly and it helps explain the dark side of this world you know um what I what I do know for the news story, and I was kind of annoyed about this, and I wanted to talk about it earlier, and I I kind of forgot, but um, they they're saying that like Han and Leia, um, honeymoon on the Halcyon, which is basically like the hotel. Oh my God, their hotel that they made in Disney. Yeah, so that's where they um, conceived then, and like I had been joking this for like ages that if i ever was to have a child like i'd be going there to procreate a child in star wars <laughs> space and now it's gonna be like a big thing because of this book so i'm a little pissed off <laughs> yeah i can you can see it coming down the pipe here 
Yeah, like in five years' time, there'll be all these kids named Ben because they're... <laughs> the uh, the jokes I can already see coming. I actually just had to... Uh... I just had to halt myself right there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save him. I'll save him for after we stop the, stop the tape here. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this very long podcast about everything courtship, Princess Leia by Dave Wolverton. Um, I really enjoyed this this book. I know we don't get a lot of Dave, and we kind of briefly touched on it, where we don't really know why he did or he didn't write any more books. Well, he he wrote a couple. Yeah. Well, he wrote some short stories. Yeah, and he he was part of like what the um the Young Jedi Knight series. Yeah. So he was he was still involved. He was just like a scholastic level as opposed to the adult novel timeline. Yeah. Yeah, which is you know I don't know maybe we could have gotten something else in other societies and concepts that maybe he would have come up with, but yeah. we will never know now. <sighs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Dave. Rest in peace, Dave. Thank you for giving us Dathomir and Hapen culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so Kyle, why don't you share how the listeners can get a hold of you? Oh, you can reach me on Twitter at Don Katarn. Or you can find me at Kyle Rawlings on Facebook. Pretty accessible there. Or you can uh, you can tune in here at the Legends Library podcast, and Ooh. Lisa will give you all those uh, those little quips there. And yeah. look for us look for us in both in the uh, Jedi Conclave, Jedi Praxium. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to follow me, guys, it's uh, Lisa Mountain on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, as well Legends Library Podcast at Gmail dot com and Legends Library on. Twitter. If you want to take a look at our website, I have always been doing things and working on stuff and making it look real pretty. So, you know, uh, actually, Kyle, I don't know if I told you this, just a little quick note. Uh, my my anti-spam thing had expired. Oh, I did tell you. My anti-spam had expired and then all these, like, porn <laughs> posts got put on the website over the course of a weekend when I wasn't paying attention to it before I renewed it. And they all were put on our Women of Legends episode. And I was so mad because there was like 85 posts on this. They like targeted the word women. And I was like, Russian hackers. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here. But yeah, if you guys want to take a look at that. um, I have some links to uh, the Jedi Praxium on Discord as well in there. And then the episodes that we've been doing for Praxy Chat. But yeah, it's... Yeah, so it's all very exciting, and we'll be coming out with some more episodes, especially to the X-Wing series. And, of course, we will be resuming the 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 Heart of Jedi book giveaway, which I did say that I was going to do. But all those kind of things will come clear when we're continuing with the X-Wing series. So for everyone at Legends Library, I'm Lisa. And I'm Kyle. And thanks for listening. May the Force be with you. That concludes this edition of Legends Library. To join the discussion, please email the show at legendslibrary at legendslibrarypodcast at gmail.com or comment and follow us on Twitter at Legends Library. Also, if you've not done so already, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark or copyright holders. Legends Library, there's always a bit of truth in Legends.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.